When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 31st episode of Kiwi and the Bird Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the whimsical and wondrous Heartless by Marissa Meyer. Now, as we discuss everything, and I mean everything, here's your one and only... Spoiler alert! alert. Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? I forget, but sure. (laughs) Okay, we're going to hop right into this episode, and we're just going to start at the beginning of Heartless. Yeah. Which is... Kath and her baking. Her baking. Which, let me tell you, I want to eat one of Kath's treats. Uh, like, yeah, a little bit. Just, she makes it sound like very decadent. Very decadent and very prized. Like, you can tell she puts so much time and effort into her delights. I'm like, you know what? Food that's made with love tastes extra good. That's it. Isn't love the secret ingredient? I thought nothing was. That's what they taught me in Kung Fu Panda. Oh. Oogway. <laughs> It's peach pits. But originally, you know, when you first read the book, well, when I first read the book, at least, I I thought it was a really fun idea that Kath was a baker. And I thought, you know, it was not a very traditional protagonist role. But I I didn't realize until I read some Alice in Wonderland synopsis the significance of the baking with Kath. The Queen of Hearts loves treats. That's one of her themes. Yeah, that was my real and and lemon tarts in particular, which is what she's what Kath makes at the beginning of the book. And so when I read that online, I was like, I just connected the dots. Okay, yeah, see, because I was like, I liked that Kath had an ambition, had like a motivation other than the romance. Like, I really appreciated that. I was like, thank you, Marissa Meyer. You know what you're doing. <laughs> but I was like, what bo- baking? Like, why baking? Like, I understood it, but I couldn't, like, relate to it. But you know what? That makes sense, and now I appreciate it more. Yeah. When I read that, all of a sudden, specifically the lemon tarts, I was like, you know what? We cracked the case. We can leave this one on the board, guys. Cold case done. It's like, okay. Now that I know that, you know what? I'm okay with it. There are a lot of things I realized with Alice in Wonderland. Okay, because I'm not, I haven't really read Alice in Wonderland, Mm -hmm. and I vaguely remember the Disney animation from 10 years ago, probably longer. <laughs> um, and so I don't have much knowledge about it. But when I read that, I it connected the dots. And I'm sure that if you have read Alice in Wonderland, that there were a lot more details that you probably caught that tied the stories together than we did. Yeah. Honestly, I really should have watched the movie or read the book before reading it. But I didn't. <laughs> I still felt the aesthetic. I still, still felt there. the aesthetic. Yeah. But like think that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Now, Kath is baking, of course, and we kind of get a taste of her life. Her mother wants to wants her to urgently dress for some special ball being held at the castle. And Kath isn't really concerned with it. She's just like, you know what? I just am here to bake. I'm here to eat, which I feel. Not the baking part. I can't cook, but I feel the eating part. Mm-hmm. But her mom is making this seem like a big deal. And like it's important, her mom's kind of alluding to something is going to happen at the ball, but Kath isn't quite catching that detail. 
Yeah, I was like, Catholic, honey. You're going to get a ring tonight. <laughs> like, you're getting this dress. Your mom's like, you got to look skinny. You know, you got to get the rubies out. Like, did you, did she not see how her parents were dressed beforehand, too? Well, and her mom's like, you must wear red. And Kat's like, well, but I have the white dress. No, red. I'm like, girl, something's going to happen. <laughs> Something is going to happen. You're getting proposed to. She's getting proposed to. She's getting proposed to. But she doesn't want to. She just wants to bake. She just wants to bake, and she wants to open up a shop with her servant, Marianne. Who may or may not be a friend. Oh. We'll get into it. We'll get, we'll into, get into it. it. Okay, because I'm curious. I'm curious. Maybe we have opposing thoughts on Marianne. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, so, like, how, you know, goes to the ball. You know, she has her lemon tarts for the king because, you know, everyone has to appease the king. Even in Wonderland. But even, she's she's not even really thinking to appease him. She's just like, hey, he's a great publicity stunt. If he likes my tarts, he can say it to everyone. And then I have the greatest tarts in all of Wonderland. Yeah. And then she's like, then I can open my shop with the approval of the king. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Yeah. But, you know, she gets to the ball and then she's kind of like, stop. She kind of like, hey, wait a second. Why is everyone wearing black and white? <laughs> like, is this a black and white ball? Why am I wearing red? And it is indeed a black and white ball. It is. And she's literally the only one in red. And everyone's like kind of looking at her like, um, who does she think she is? And Kat's like, I don't even know. I did not plan this. <laughs> I was like, my mom made me. <laughs> and, you know, she, you, you kind of like meet some characters and you, you meet Jack. The knave. The knave. I don't know if you remember. If you is a knave name. like a knight? I think it's like below a knight. Oh, oh demoted. Demoted. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, like, kind of obvious he has a crush on Kat. He does, yes. It's, like, very, like, schoolboy pulling on a girl's hair nonsense. Yeah. I was mean to you because I really like you because that makes sense. It doesn't. That's crap. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, he's, like, the the Jack from, like, Jack Me Nimble, Jack Be Quick, Jack Jump Over the Candlestick. I didn't mean know that. Yeah, he's that dude. Oh, I, I kept just remembering the 2014 Alice in Wonderland movie with Johnny Depp. And there's... I don't think that was 2004. 2014. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there was, like, the knight character, and I thought that was Jack, but I could be wrong. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, honestly, because it scared me a little bit. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, But the, the one person I wanted particularly to talk about is this Margaret character, Margaret Merle. Yes. Because Cal's not very nice to her. She's, no. She's polite. As you are in, like, high society. High society. But, like, she's like, yeah, Margaret is kind of, like, insufferable and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and she has no chill with it. It's kind of sugar-coated a little bit. She's like, oh, maybe she could be pretty if she did this. Or maybe if she didn't have such high morals, then da-da-da-da-da. Um, yeah, she is, Kat definitely has a, a bit of rudeness toward Margaret. It's honestly hilarious, and I kind of get it, so I kind of can't, like, fault her for it. <laughs> but then we also kind of meet um, Peter, the, the pumpkin, pumpkin eater. eater, even though he's not the pumpkin eater. This reread 
I connected that. I was like, his name's Peter because he's a pumpkin farmer and the parking eater. There's yeah, a lot of tiebacks to this reread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, how do I from couldn't keep her? Like that nursery rhyme? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genius. Love it. I mean, it doesn't, it, it, again, the aesthetic should not make sense, but it does. I don't it know does. how. It works. Love I don't it. Know. Um, but you kind of like meet him and everyone's like, ooh, commoner. Because, you know, he was knighted because his wife ate a pumpkin eating contest because apparently, like, that's a thing to be knighted for in Wonderland. Well, honestly, it makes sense. You should be knighted for eating, for winning an eating contest, in my opinion. Like, that's a kingdom I want to live in, okay? (laughs) I'd be knighted. I'd be queened. I'd be at the top of the rungs because I'd eat so many pies that the towns and the people would worship me. She didn't eat pies. She just ate straight pumpkin. And that's even more impressive. That's kind of gross. Like, have you ever, like, s- scooped out a jack-o'-lantern? Like, that smells gross. I'm always kind of tempted by the forbidden goop, though. Why? I don't know. I just, I think it's pumpkin bread. I really like pumpkin <laughs> bread. <laughs> but it's also, like, why was why was Peter knighted if his wife won the eating contest? I think it's just both of them. Their standing together was raised. Mm. Just as husband and wife. Hmm. Like, when you, like, let's say a duke married a commoner, they both, he would raise her status. Ah. Yeah. So I think it's kind of the same thing. Gotcha. Anyway, like, we meet him. He's not the nicest person. I kind of get it, though. Yeah. Because he's like, all of you high society folk just kind of turn your noses up at us low, quote unquote, people. And I'm not about that. Now, I'm going to eat some truffles. But I'm not about that. <laughs> I'm here for the food and that's it. <laughs> me. Literally me. And then, you know, at the ball, the entertainment comes. Because you have to have entertainment at the ball. You mean the best part? <laughs> the best part. <laughs> Honestly, in my head, I like have this like whole thing. Because like just comes in, like the lights are lower. Like he comes down on a hoop. He's in his all black jester. Get up. Y- yes. With his, like, golden eyes and everything, you know, Kath had a dream about lemon trees and, like, yellow eyes and, like, a lemon tree grew in her bedroom because that happens. I do have a question about that. Yeah, like, why does that happen? Because, like you said, Jess comes down. Actually, this scene, I could imagine really well in my head. Like, I could totally see the slow turning of the hoop and Mm -hmm. the candles. The mood was set. Yes. And I was in it. It was like Circus del Soleil. Why do? Why did I even attempt to say that? In the past, I haven't been able to say <laughs> that word. I don't know why I attempted to now. Um, but there is mention of the eyes. And of course, early in the story, the dreams that Kath has. I did not know why she had these dreams that produced produce. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be another thing that's like, Alice in Wonderland Lord that yeah. I'm just not aware of. Because, and I think, I'm assuming probably is because it seems super so specific that it seems like it would have to be. Mm-hmm. But I thought it would maybe play a little bit more significance because I feel like dreams that grow trees, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> my, I mean, my dreams don't do that. <laughs> I wish my dreams did that. I'd dream of bacon. <laughs> I dream up a tree that grows money. <laughs> That's smarter. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yeah, so I was curious because then it kind of implies that Kath's dreams are premonitions for the future. Ooh, a little bit, yeah. Because she had the lemon tree grow before she met Jest. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, in that in that whole scene, you know, he's like doing all of his magic tricks with like the little pieces of paper with like the hearts on them and everything. And he's just like looking around and it's like that moment where like he looks at her and he kind of like has to look at her because she's the only only one wearing red mm-hmm. in a black and white ball. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I feel it. The chemistry is there. The chemistry <laughs> is so there. Mm-hmm. And also I like too that it's such a public performance, but such a private moment. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that. <laughs> no, it was very much. Okay. This was before The Greatest Showman came out. Mind you. Okay, because I read this before, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And so in my head, like, Jess is kind of, like, going around the hoop, like, around, like, the room. And, like, he gets close to, like, Kath. And, like, they have that moment, like, kind of like Greatest Showman where, like, it's, like, slow motion where, like, her face comes up and, like, he sees her. But it's, like, Jess comes up and Kath sees him. <laughs> <laughs> so you imagined it close. Oh, I imagined it a little bit closer than that. Yeah, Ooh. it wasn't at a distance. Like, again... My head, imagine things that Marissa Meyer did not describe. Um, in my head, there was distance. It was from across the room. Mm. And that the hoop was slowly turning, but not necessarily around the room. It was staying in place. But that as he was turning, he met her gaze. And then with the turn of the hoop, they disconnected. I think that's actually how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but in my head, that's how I would, like, very slow motion, great show. And, like, he comes and sees her, like, She's kind of like taken aback, like a little gasp, like the. <gasps> yeah, like the. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours was better. No, I like yours. Like, across <laughs> the room, like, that's good. <laughs> but, like, seriously, like, this is, this is, this scene in particular is one that I can imagine so well in my head, like, literally like a movie. Like, I can see it shot for shot. And I love it. No, it's so good. It does bring a question to mind, though, for me. Like I said, I don't know a lot about. Alice in Wonder. I, I feel like I know the basics. Mm-hmm. The basic of the basics of the basics. Is there magic in Wonderland? Because the Cheshire cat can disappear on whim. Yeah, but he's a cat. And it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> My cat also does the same. Yeah. Actually, the Cheshire cat is the most accurate cat in literature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. Um, but Jess is kind of performing these feats. And some of them seem practical in a sense, but some do seem on the magical end. And so I was just wondering who can do magic in this world and who can't, and is it considered magic? Because had, had a, mm-hmm. and we, I won't get into it much. This is just more so an example. Yeah, yeah. He imbues his hats with magic. They have magical outcomes. Well, I mean, they do say later in the story that um, the reason why they're, his hats are magical because he gets things from his land of chess and mm. brings them back over the looking glass to the kingdom of hearts. True. And that's how they become magical. Mm. So they're not magical in chess. Oh, okay. So I don't know how much of that is like based in the lore. Like I haven't read the book since I was in elementary school. I haven't seen the Disney movie in like two years. Oh, that's actually pretty <laughs> recent. <laughs> For me, it's been... <laughs> 15 <laughs> um so i'm not i'm not entirely sure but i mean turtles can turn into half cows and True. people can eat pumpkins and turn into monsters and there's a warthog who's a duke so 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's not out of the question. Anything is possible. <laughs> it's Wonderland. <laughs> Anyways, didn't mean to detract back into the scene with sexy jest. Oh my gosh, he's so sexy. You get he is from, so sexy. You in get the that scene. from the first impression of him. Like Marissa, I think Marissa Meyer in the back of the book, she kind of like in the one that I have, the one that I bought from Barnes and Noble. She has this Q and A, and they ask her a question about Jess, and she's like, "Yeah, I wanted to make him like a Joker, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to make him like goofy or like like a stereotypical." Yeah, jester. Like yeah. I wanted to make him charming and suave, and I was like, "You did. That. You you so did that." Yeah, yeah. It was done per- it was so well. Oh, it, yeah, it's so good. Because he has, like, this sense of, like, whimsicalness mm-hmm. to him, which is needed. You know, it's Wonderland. Yeah. But, like, he's very charming, and he has, he's very witty, and mm-hmm. he has, like, he just has his presence. Yeah, he does have a presence. And the thing is, I, I don't know if I can exactly pinpoint what the presence is, mm-hmm. because, I mean, I feel like the closest word is charming or... But it's a soft charming. It's more like endearing charming to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, he is a joker, but this jester character, but he is intelligent. Mm, yes. Like there's that underlining of he knows more than what you think. He knows more about what's going on than you do. Mm-hmm. And so that awareness, I think, really elevates him as a character. Yeah, yeah. And the way that Marissa Meyer, like, describes him, like, being able to be aware of things is also kind of attractive. <laughs> no, it's really hot. Is uh, awareness is hot? Question mark? <laughs> Attention to detail? <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, but after, you know, Jess has his, his performance, right? The king is kind of, like, setting himself up, like, hey, guys. <laughs> but you wonder why I gathered you here today. <laughs> I've been lonely. <laughs> My favorite thing is that the Cheshire cat, Cheshire, is like, hey, like, word on the street is that the king is going to propose to someone. And the cat's like, that's not me, right? <laughs> Please, tell me it's not me. And he's he does, he's just like, girl, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> like, oh, gosh, I wonder who the king would want to propose to at a black and white ball. Could it be the girl who's wearing red? <laughs> the girl whose mother has been awfully excited this entire morning? Hmm. He's like, you don't need to be a cat to not be dumb. <laughs> I also, just a small, very small thing. Just slightly off track. The Cheshire Cat being the biggest gossip ever is my favorite thing. <laughs> he causes chaos and then just leaves it. <laughs> And that's so my cat, you know, <laughs> like he just saunters off and yeah, yeah. Again, the most accurate cat <laughs> in literature. But see, that's the thing. Like Kath realizes like, oh my gosh, she's going to propose to me. Like, I don't want to marry this man. Yes. He, one, is like not even like a head shorter. He's like forehead shorter than her. Okay. <laughs> He's old and mm. not like a hot older man kind of way. <laughs> He's not Geralt from The Witcher. No. <laughs> He's also like oblivious and clueless. And, and very also childish. And childish. Like he's old, but a child. <laughs> Immature. Old, but a child. Yeah. <laughs> like I absolutely understand why she doesn't want to marry him. Is he nice? I guess. 
<laughs> but is that enough of a reason? To get married? Yeah. Like, I get he's the king, but, like, there, there are standards. <laughs> right? I mean, there has to be. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you were wanting to marry for power or money, he's, like, a really good option. True. But she doesn't want to. No. She wants to marry for love, and I get that. So she's like, hey, Cheshire, cause a distraction. I'm a go. Yeah. I love, though, how Cheshire Cat isn't even like, no, this is, you know, you have to, or I can't mess with stuff like this. He's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, I got you. He's like, you don't even have to ask. <laughs> and so, like, Cheshire does his thing. Kath runs away, except she's wearing this very, very tight dress. Yes. Which means her waist looks snatched. <laughs> But it's too snatched. It's too snatched. Her breath is gone. It's gone. It's very much um, Pirates of the Caribbean. When Keira Knightley is talking to that dude who's like the worst. <laughs> and like completely oblivious. She like faints because she can't breathe. Yeah. And he's like, well, she's like, I can't breathe. And he's like, I myself. <laughs> I myself cannot breathe either, Elizabeth. <laughs> she falls off a cliff. <laughs> very much like that. You know, Kath runs into the garden, and then she's like, <laughs> "As you, like corsets, ooh, ooh." I mean, I like the aesthetic, yeah, and the, the idea of a corset. Mm-hmm. Not down to wear one though. No, abs- I mean, would my waist look amazing? <laughs> yeah, is it worth it? No, no. I mean, especially if society was reinforcing it, like, oh, you have to wear a corset to look socially acceptable. I'd be like, you know what? No. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I have to. I have to wear a corset. I'd be so annoying with it. Um, but eventually, Kath, you know, blacks out because she can't breathe. Yes. And then she wakes up to none other than the court jester who's there. And, you know, he's kind of like, hey, you good? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you were huffing and puffing and then you just passed out. <laughs> okay. This scene, though. This is my favorite scene in the book. It happens really early on. Yes. And this scene is my favorite because it's kind of the only time where we get Kath and Jess without the pressure of the proposal. Mm -hmm. So they're able to just be as they want to be. And they have these little flirtations and Raven's like, third wheel! (laughs) 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 Which I relate to. And... But I feel like the wordplay was super fun. It was. It was kind of punny and kind of, because in Wonderland, they take certain things seriously and then other things not, mm-hmm. you know? And and I felt like that banter really showed that. And I felt like the banter really brought to life the aesthetic of Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Of, of their humor, oh, yeah. what mm-hmm. they think is funny. And it made me laugh. Just as funny. Just as funny. But what I loved is that Kath kind of like matched him. Yes. Like it kind of was like wit for wit. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I was like, yes, chemistry, tension. Love it. And then also there's like the sense of propriety because she's like, oh, I cannot be alone with an un- with a man unchaperoned. And I'm like, but you're still staying here, aren't you? Mm-hmm. We all know what the heart wants. The heart wants what the heart the wants. The heart wants jest. I mean, it. I would too. Yeah. I would too. I would. I would gladly be distracted by Jess. And you know, like Jess, like starts to ask her, like, "Why were you running away?" And she's like, "Oh, I, I just, I just needed some fresh air." Like, <laughs> no particular reason, <laughs> avoiding the proposal. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, well, the king was gonna propose to someone tonight. Do you know who who that was?" And she's like, "Nope, I have no idea." She goes, "Wow, proposal? Wow, that that's interesting." 
Oh, what, a, what a lucky girl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just really, like, she, like, legitimately convinces him that she has no idea about it. Yeah. And and this part is so good, too, because you can kind of feel the weight that Jest is kind of probing to see if she's the girl. Because if she is, he obviously has this big duty that he has to fulfill. But he's already kind of bewitched by her. I love that. And yeah. so you kind of feel the hope that, and just like the wandering, the investigation of... Are you the girl? Is someone else the girl? I gotta steal someone's heart here, okay? I need a plan, a timeline, a target, you know? Well, I mean, he has his mission, obviously, that we learn about later on. Which I think is kind of like his, the main reason why he's, like, asking Kat these things. But you can tell, like, he, like, he likes her. Yeah. You can tell almost immediately, like, from the moment that, like, he, like, sees her. And, like, the right, he's like, one, she's really pretty. And then he talks to her. He's like, hey, she's really funny. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this whole thing. Like, you see it. Like, it's literally, like, the first, like, thing, like, ten chapters. Yeah. And you just, like, you see all this, un- like, just happen. Yes. Yes. Like, the, it's it's only ten chapters. It's not a long time. But, like, no. a lot is developed in that time. Yeah. I felt like it was such a good foundation i actually feel like it's one of the best flirting scenes i've read mm-hmm. and it's one that i just love to reread because every moment's really sweet it's 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 a like it's a good like couple pages too but the pace is super good like yes. it doesn't feel like the conversation should have ended sooner or anything like that it's perfectly paced it's perfectly paced we also get a lot of information from it too. yes but without feeling like we get a lot of information it's very nice and I also love how Jess is like, hey, you'd probably breathe easier if you didn't have that corset. And she's like, oh, how dare you talk about my corset? <laughs> He's like, oh, my apologies, milady. <laughs> but then later we figure out that he unstrung her corset so she could breathe. <laughs> I loved that scene so much. Because like, Cass like, you know what? I don't want to go back to the ball. I'm going to head out. <laughs> so she's like, he like escorts her to a carriage like a gentleman would. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is yours. And, like, he hands her something. She looks at it. She's like, what, what is this? And she, like, she sees the ties and she, like, feels around her corset. She's like, oh, what? The scoundrel. The scoundrel. But she's also, like, kind of likes it a little bit. Um, I really liked it. Uh, Jess, can you undo my corset strings? He'd be like, this is a T-shirt. <laughs> you only wear T-shirts. <laughs> Like, it was just, like, a little bit, like, not necessarily, it was, what's the word for inappropriate, but, like, fun? <laughs> a rake. <laughs> <laughs> it was rakish of him. It was rakish of him, for sure. But I liked it a lot. Me too. Because he's just so fun and playful and flirty about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can really picture like the hydra of his brows and like the quirk and like the mischievousness in his eyes oh yeah like this scene like i can i can imagine like the perfectly manicured man manicured manicured I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying yeah. That right. okay yeah like the gardens and like very like alice in wonderland-esque and like the carriages with like the weird animals and everything and like the cobblestone and like the lights like i can imagine all in my head like yes. it's very it's a very vivid image which makes it so much better because like you can see it you can see like their expressions oh and i also felt like too maybe this was just my imagining though but i always felt like everything about jest was perfect and pristine except for the tilt of his hat mm. and his eye makeup oh yeah with like the little like 
with the coal and like the droplet and like the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that made him even hotter. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's he's just sexy in a way you wouldn't think is sexy. He takes you off guard. It's a different kind of sexy. Yeah. Yeah. One that should be explored. Yes. More, please. Yes. Actually, though, because so this was my second time re- rereading the book. Mm-hmm. And obviously, first time, completely devastated, heartbroken, vowed never to read it again. But of course, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I can't resist Jess. But it was in this scene, too, that I remembered the ending. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh. oh, okay. I guess I'll keep reading. <laughs> oh, no. I have to for the podcast. I'm just a sensitive soul. Okay? When books hurt me, I don't like to reread <laughs> them. I, I, you know? To this day, you still have not reread the Infernal Devices series. Uh, even just thinking, my heart just pulsed <laughs> painfully <laughs> at the mention of that series. <laughs> but I'm really glad that I reread Heartless, of course. But it's because I'm glad I reread it because I didn't read the ending. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, you did not. I remember because Taylor texted me while we were reading it. And she was like, Amy, I don't think I could read the ending. I don't think I can do it. And I was like. I get it. I'll read it for us. <laughs> you literally took the sacrifice. I, I got sad, but it's okay because I was, I was, I was sad, but I was less sad than you would have been. <laughs> I really appreciate that, though. I got you, bro. I think I would have just sobbed at three a.m. I mean, there were tears, but like, there weren't a lot. <laughs> I try to keep it in. You're like, I actually have emotional control. No, I typically don't, but I was like, I have to this time. (laughs) After this wall scene, though, just kind of like Kath, like trying to like do her best to, um, one, avoid the king. (laughs) But two, to kind of like get her, her bakery like up and running because that's what she wants to do. She wants to open up a bakery. Mm Mm-hmm. And she hears from Marianne that um, a storefront in the Kingdom of Hearts, I forget where. But like, in, yeah, in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood is is going up for sale. So she like she goes and like visits it. She's like, oh, hey, I have an inquiry. Would you be willing to sell? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also cute because um, Marissa Meyer like uses the caterpillar. Yes. As like the. The old building. Sorry, the old built business owner yeah, the cobbler yeah yeah and i was like that was a good callback <laughs> that was a good call i see what you're doing i see what they're doing but it's at the cobbler shop that she learns from mr caterpillar that's his name right i think so oh, okay at first i was like am i just generalizing him <laughs> because he's an actual caterpillar <laughs> <laughs> um that the owner of the actual building itself is the duke that we heard mention of at the ball Yes. Duke Wart Hog. And so if Kath wants to have her business there, she needs to talk to him. Yes. To Mr. Piggy. I don't know if you can call him a piggy because he has like those tusks. Oh, that's true. Like Um, Pumba. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. What's that animal called? Boar. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mr. Boar. Mr. Boar. And you know, like when we first see the Duke Warthog at the ball, you know, he seems very like puffed up, very like prideful, like not in his emotions, prideful, like that type, you know? Yeah. He's 
withdrawn but pompous. That was a way better way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Kath's like comes to call on him because that's what you do in high society. You call on people. Why? I don't know. I mean, I'd be like, no solicitors. (laughs) Well, they have this whole thing with like cards, like the calling cards. It actually is kind of cute. It's cute, but like. An inconvenience. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just means you have to talk to someone. Yeah, and I thought it was really sad because, like, he got excited that someone was going to call on him, but she was calling on him for a favor. Yeah. And I was like, Kath, go visit the Duke Warhog more. I know. He needs love. Yeah. And all he eats is pepper. (laughs) His cook only makes pepper. Which I was like, that's really sucks. Pepper's gross. (laughs) Like, I had a soup that I made. It was a potato soup. You made it? Well, in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, it's, it's a blend tech. Like they, it came with a recipe book. And in the recipe book, it, it has a soups and it has a soup button and it oh. makes it hot. It's actually really nice. <laughs> <laughs> when I was making a potato soup and I, re- I read the, the amount of pepper wrong, it was an eighth t- um, teaspoon. Oh, no. I don't remember what I read it as. I think it was like a half a teaspoon oh or something like that. And I put way too much pepper in it and I was like dying. So like, you knew what he felt. I know what I felt. Like, like my sinuses. God. <laughs> <laughs> like my tongue felt on a fire. But like not like a hot fire. <laughs> it was like a subdued fire. Like a cold Like a steady fire. burning fire. No, like the fire like after it's burned out but still hot in the coals. <laughs> <laughs> my throat felt like it was dying. <laughs> like, it's not fun. <laughs> so you wouldn't suggest a pepper diet? I mean, maybe he's a warthog and like he has like defenses against pepper. <laughs> no, I would not recommend it. And this is where we learn that the Duke is a sensitive wee guy. He's honestly a simp. <laughs> he's a little piggy boar simp yeah that's actually kind of like really cute actually yeah it is really cute he's like yeah i'll maybe consider leasing out my place to you if you put a good word for me with your friend margaret and Catherine's like <laughs> we're not friends no first she's like margaret merle <laughs> that girl the one who's kind of ugly <laughs> and she's like the one who's really mean and everything she says about you Oh, true. Yeah, that too. Because Margaret's like, like, oh, he's so pompous and so he has, he's so, he thinks he's so much better than everyone. (laughs) Sorry, I can't think of an insult. (laughs) He has no morals. No morals. Yeah. And she's like, "Um, yeah, we're not friends, but I do talk to her. So yeah, okay. Sure. Uh, I'm going to head out now. But he gets so excited, too. He does get excited. Because he really does like her. Yeah, he really does. He, and it's not like just a physical like. Like, he knows things about her. He goes, I really like her high moral standing and Mm da-da-da. And actually, it's kind of cute that he likes what Catherine thinks is a flaw. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) So Catherine's like, great. Now I have to set Duke Warthog with Margaret. My two least favorite people on the planet. Yeah. Well, like, all this while, she's also like, how am I going to tell my parents? Because her parents want her to keep her social standing. You yes. Know? She's going to she's gonna marry a king. Yeah. Like, she'll be a queen. Like, what's higher than that? Like, a queen who bakes? 
oh, ew. But I mean, she's the queen, so she can do like whatever she yeah, wants. Yeah, and he, I think Catherine even thinks at one point she's like, "Why? What? What does it matter if I bake?" Yeah, but I think it's more so that in Catherine's mind, she would drop everything for the stream, yeah. according mm-hmm. to her own delusions. What? Because I mean, throughout the book, she's convinced. She's trying to convince herself that she'd be willing to, that she could go against her parents. Oh. And actually take a stand and make the bakery happen. <laughs> I heard the word dream and illusion and nothing else. Oh. I don't know how that happened. And I was trying to piece together what that might mean. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Like, she's like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, I'll, I, I'll, even if my parents don't agree, like, I'll, I'll still do it. But she, she does it. Well, and everything's always kind of on a on a delay. Like she's uh-huh. like, "Oh, if I do this, then I'll talk to my parents." And you know, when she's putting off the inevitable, which we'll talk about the inevitable later, of course. Yes. But you know, throughout the story, that one of the themes for Catherine is, will she really put aside this life of high society and go against her parents, feel that disappointment, and begin life as a commoner, as a common baker? See, I don't think she really had an issue with, like, the, the idea of being a common baker. I think she more so had an issue with going against her parents. Yeah. Especially her mother. Mm-hmm. Who, who's a little bit controlling. And a jerk. A little bit, yeah. She's like, you'll look like a whale if you eat more. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to throw you in the ocean with the whales, and we can see how you have fun with Finding Nemo. <laughs> Have fun with Pinocchio and his father. <laughs> Enjoy the teeth that looks like a toothbrush. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like she's also she's yeah she's she's very much pushing. Cat's mother is very much pushing the marriage with the king. Like they don't actually ask her if she'd be happy in that marriage. They're just assuming she would be because she'd be the queen. Yes, you know she, they're very much like no, you have to keep your appearance. You have to keep standing you have to keep your rank all of these things and there's they're so focused on that that they kind of forget their daughter yes and and i won't say this because we'll 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 get more into it later mm-hmm. um but as kath's mother is obviously so into Catherine being proposed to she's like you were supposed to be proposed to at the ball but then that didn't work and the jabberwocky attacked and you were mia oh yeah so now i want you to make the king a treat and to go to a garden party of his and make amends and make him propose to you. Yeah. And Cass like, I don't want to, but I will. (laughs) Which I mean, that's quite a to-do list. If you told me, Hey, you have to make a king propose to you. I'd be like one, no chance. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even care. Even if it was the king and heartless, he'd be like, no, (laughs) I'd rather not. Rather not. Well, I mean, Kath also, uh, she also has a thought, like, why is he having another party after a Jabberwock attack? She's like, one of your, one of the guards was literally carried off by a monster that attacked your ball. Yeah. And you're going to have another party. Honestly, appropriate reaction. You know, it's like the first time she kind of has this thought, like, what's the king doing? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. Like, what is he doing? And kind of like the first seed of Kath's like, this guy's an idiot. Truly. Yeah. Yes. Truly. Like, not just surface, but like, he can, he cannot rule. Like, yeah. <laughs> but alas, she goes, 
she makes macaroons with the roses that grew in her room after her dream of Jess. After her second dream. Yes. And it was kind of a sexy dream because they're like kissing. And anyway, sorry. That's not <laughs> creepy. Sorry. My goodness. Hey, I, I enjoyed I the it. dream. Okay. I, I like Jess. No, okay. I get it. Like I would too. But the thing is, there, she then a, it, I believe it was a bush of white roses. Yes. Ooh. Foreshadow. Foreshadow. Oh. Oh no. I love foreshadow, but I hate how it reminds me of what's to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she does. She she makes she makes the macaroons, and they actually sounded like really good. Let me tell you, I don't know how I feel about macaroons. I love macaroons. I've never eaten one, but I've held one. <laughs> And I don't like it. I don't like how it's kind of crunchy on the outside, but it has like a weird gummy pasteness to it. Ugh. I love oh, it. even thinking about it. No, I love it. Ugh. Because it's like a little, it's not really necessarily crunchy. It's like a little bit more spongy, but with like a harder surface. Like it has a crust to it. A little it. bit. Like a shell. Yeah, I like that though. It's wrong. No, I like it. It's an abomination. <laughs> it's an abomination. <laughs> So Catherine Fleming. goes to the garden party. Where they, they're playing croquet with flamingos. Yes. As they actually do in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that's kind of the staple sport. Like, that's like the queen's sport. Like, she doesn't like losing at it. Yeah. That's the football of Wonderland. But, like, high society. And more fun. Because, I don't know, there's a flamingo involved and a hedgehog. I, I just feel like that's the party. <laughs> <laughs> True. But like when she first gets there, you know, Kat's trying to like work Margaret. Like, hey, like, what do you think about the Duke? Margaret's like, ew. She's like, he's a hog. <laughs> he's a literal pig. <laughs> Literally, that's his species. And it's really sad because you see the Duke looking over at her. Yeah. And he like has like sparkles in his eyes. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god. Because you can tell that they're talking about him. But he doesn't know that Margaret's like, oh, he is so terrible. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's saying all these terrible things. I'm like, hey, he eats pepper 80 <laughs> times a day. Give him a break. <laughs> oh, and that was just, you know, she's just like trying to set it up. But it's just not happening. You know, and the Duke comes over and everything. And then like Jess comes in. Jess. Jess comes in. Smooths things over. Like anytime he's there, he just smooths things over. He's a sexy peacemaker. He's a sexy peacemaker. Maker. Did you know a peacemaker could be sexy? Actually, yes, from this K drama I watched. <laughs> <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards, you know, Cass like, ooh, I'm feeling things for chest, but I can't because I have to woo the king because that's what my mom wants. And I have macaroons in my pocket right now for that purpose. Yeah, but the reason why Jess came over was to call Cass for the king. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. No, I was like, why are you doing this to him? <laughs> he, I don't know much about his past, but he has suffered enough. <laughs> <laughs> I barely know the character. I've seen him in like two scenes. But he doesn't deserve this. <laughs> well, because he's so like kind of like casual and flirty and he's like, oh, hello, you know, kind of girl I'm not supposed to know because they kind of have to act like they don't know each other, which yeah. I love that trope. I love when oh, people have to I act like it. they don't know each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but then he drops the bomb. You have to go see the king. 
Yeah, and you see, like, he's, like, kind of, like, reluctant, like, a little bit. Like, not a lot. Like, yeah. It's very subtle, but you see it. Also, like, a little leery. Yeah. Because you can get the sense that he's wondering why the king wants to do anything with Catherine. Because mm-hmm. there's still the MIA perspective queen in question. Who is this queen? Yeah, and, like, Kath convinced Jess, like, oh, I don't know anything about that. That's uh, so weird. <laughs> queen me? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Red dress. Uh. <laughs> so she goes and meets the king. You know, and he's, you know, him. <laughs> immature <laughs> old but a child <laughs> you know she's like being polite and everything but like Kath's just like it's not necessarily she, she doesn't like him but she just more tolerates him she is so disinterested in him so especially when jess is in the picture because jess kind of lingers around a little bit mm-hmm. which i greatly appreciated yes and Catherine just kind of does like the nodding and the da 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 as the king is speaking mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, the king was kind of about to propose again. Yes. Second proposal. Second proposal. Say yes to the dress. Say yes to the king of crown. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and and Catherine's like, oh, don't you love when people court each other for a really long time? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, just you know what women love. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure she's like, oh, the, you know, the I heard you were going to propose to someone the other night. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, um, about this. She's like, you know what? You know what a girl really likes? When you don't propose and you just send her gifts for a really, really long time. You keep your distance mm-hmm. for as long as you can. Hopefully years. <laughs> you know, distance makes a heart grow fonder. That's what they say. That's what they say. Don't you know that little king guy? (laughs) (laughs) And it's hilarious because, you know, like she does. It's very like that way of of avoiding things, but like talking about them directly, like that high society way. Yes. And I was like, I kind of love that they do that. Yes. Deflection. And Catherine's like, right, Jess? Doesn't a girl like when courting takes a long time? And Jess is like, well, yes, they do. It's totally the trend, king. Which, oh, also, I just love that, like, Jess is so quick to catch on to things. Yeah. Like, you need that in a partner. She did the send help eyes, and he saw. He saw them. He caught on. He's like, I got you. <laughs> Actually, my mom does that. I'll be like, hmm, you know, and then she instantly comes up like, thank you, mom. Thank you. But then, you know, they, they, he, like, Jess is like, no. Supportive. <laughs> yeah, supportive. Oh, what was the word? That was not the word <clears throat> I was going for. But he's very much, like, on her side, and he's, like, taking it. But, like, you can see, like, in the way, like, Marissa Ryan just, like, describes, like, his actions that he he's caught on that cast the one. Yeah. And she knows that he was going to propose, that the king was going to propose to her that night. Yes. And so he's kind of like, oh, what interesting information. But he's sad about it. He's also you sad can about just it. Tell. Yeah. He's a little bit defeated by it. Because, well, because now he knows that this girl, he's got to take her heart. You know, he's got to seduce her. He's got to, you know, find a way to steal her heart. Well, he already stole mine. He did. He's like, I need the heart of a queen, though. <laughs> like, I'm a queen in my head. I'm like, hey, I am the queen of dairy. <laughs> dairy, dairy queen. queen. <laughs> um, But then, you know, 
the king's like, oh yeah, Kath, you really like the you really like Just's performance the other night, didn't you? She's like, oh yeah, like it was okay. <laughs> it was I. <laughs> it was I. <laughs> three five three stars out of five. <laughs> I gave a Yelp review. So there was some eye contact, some corset unlacing. They know just like you would expect him to do some like magic, you know, like some card trick or some, some very flips. <laughs> <laughs> some backflips, a somersault. You know, maybe a split. I can do a somersault, okay? That's not hard. I'm scared to do cartwheels. I'm really good at them. I, I could do them when I was younger, but then I got tall. And I don't know. It's intimidating. Well, you are farther away from the ground. Like, it's like having to put my head and be like, where is my head toward the ground? Well, That's kind understand. of how I got a concussion. So maybe that could be a part of it as well. Or, or you could just understand ostriches. Oh, that's Well, they put the head in the ground. I can't do that. I'd die. <laughs> I'd die. Hey, Kimmy. <laughs> Um, but just, you know, takes out, like, I think it's like a guitar, mandolin, something, stringed. Yes. <laughs> Banjo. <laughs> and then he, he sings a song. And, you know, like, Kath has, like, has, like, tears in her eyes and everything. And, like, she comes and she's like, how did you, how did you do that? And he's like, well, it just came to me. And she's like, what? He's that like, just came to you? And he's like, well, maybe I had the right muse. Oh! Yeah, I know! Oh, I forgot that line. Oh. The chemistry is just palpable. Mm-hmm. It is thick. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It'd be thick. <laughs> well, I mean, there's so many th- things... Like, there's so many good tension things going on. You have the forbidden mm-hmm. romance, pretend like we don't know each other... You know, the royal court setting. The dreams. The dreams, yes. You know, there's so much going on. And the it's magic. so delightful. The magic. The, the stringed instrument. <laughs> the taking off of the corset laces. The corset laces. It's good stuff. The help me, I support. The I got you. Yeah. Yeah. And then they start a game of hedgehog croquet. Yes. I love how casually you said that. A <laughs> uh, 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 game of a uh, hedgehog croquet. <laughs> you haven't played? It's with hedgehogs. <laughs> it's just a hedgehog. You don't use a bat. You use a flamingo. It makes sense. It makes sense. Actually, it kind of does, though. <laughs> I don't know why the aesthetic works. Well, it's just because, like, hedgehogs, like, kind of, like, roll. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and like flamingos, like, stand. Yeah. One foot. One foot. <laughs> And so then you use that and you use the beak because it's like real hard. Yeah. It's a hard surface. <laughs> and then you just go whack. Yeah. <laughs> whack, whack. Insurance. <laughs> Affleck. Affleck. <laughs> um, I also just, this game, like, it's just, is honestly just an excuse for Kat and Jess. Cat. <laughs> for Kath and Jess to flirt more. Well, flirt, but Kath is also kind of getting mad at herself yes. in this moment because she's like, hey, you're being courted by a king. It will never work out with Jess. And if I remember correctly, she's not doubting Jess, but is mad at Jess. 
Yes. And so that's all kind of coming to a head because Jess is doing pretty well in the game. Uh And he's like, oh, how are you doing, Catherine? She's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to like you. Like, she definitely has a competitive side. You definitely see that, which I think is very appropriate considering, you know, Alice in Wonderland. Like, you see the queen and stuff. It's like, you see, like, it's it's there. It's there. It happened before the end. Like, it's like me and Mario Kart. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so competitive in Mario Kart. <laughs> anyway, you know, Kath gets too competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Jess is like, mm, okay, I kind of like this side of you. Yeah. Like, this is this is good. Like, he can tell that she's kind of angry, mm-hmm. that she's taking the game pretty seriously. But he's kind of enjoying it. Yeah. He's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way that he's just, he pays attention to her and he notices the switch in her yeah. and he, he, he's enthralled with her. It's really endearing. Man. It is really endearing. This book just reminded me of how lonely I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I read it during Valentine's, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but see, the thing is, you know, the king is also playing and uh, Margaret's also playing. You know, Margaret's also, you know, competitive. She's all, like all moral, holier than thou. Yes. Like, that type. Yes. You know that type. <laughs> you know, the king, you know, everyone's like, oh, we have to appease the king. Like, he has to win. And Jess is like, no, I'm going to win. And Kat- it's not in my MO. <laughs> Letting someone else win? You mean the king? No. Who has dominion over us all and offending him would be bad? No. <laughs> but Kath, with her anger at Jess, is like, hmm, I don't even care if I win anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this bitch out. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for a clear shot. And Jess is like, yeah, okay. And, you know, she does this thing. She, she even threatens her flamingo. Oh, yeah, he does. She does, yeah. She oh, starts, she does. Sorry. No she does. She she threatens her flamingo. She's like, you better do this. <laughs> <laughs> and she she just, like, knocks his ball out so the king wins. And she's kind of, she's like, she, like, goes away with, like, a, like a satisfied little. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But the the cat. Flirting. The chemistry. Competitive flirting is hot. It's so hot. I feel like competitive flirting is something that is not appreciated properly. No. It's also not written very well. Typically. Yeah. It, you ha- Yeah. It takes a certain book that does it, and this book does it. Yeah. Because like it's it. very slight, but it's mm-hmm. heated. You can feel the simmering. Like, you already have, like, the basis of, like, their, their relationship and how they can't be together. Yes. And, you know, you have the king in the game, too. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, she, she like, knocked him out of the way for the king. So, like, that's, like, a symbolism thing. Sad symbolism. Oh, gosh, yeah. And after the garden party, you know, Cass' mother's like, hey, did he propose? And Cass' like, oh, you know, no. No, I don't know how that happened. Like, she's like, did you give him the macro? And she's like, oh, you know, like, I forgot. It, it happens. Silly me. They're still in my pocket. <laughs> I was like, well, you got to eat them. Like, they sound really good. Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> Abomination. Abomination. <laughs> um, you know, like, Castle Mother's like, what are you doing? Like, he's a king for crying out loud. You know, she's, like, going off on her a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like, the doorbell rings. Or, like, the bu- the penguin butler comes in. Yeah, I don't know if there were there were doorbells. I think there were just butlers. I think there were human doorbells. <laughs> He's not human, though. Oh, penguin doorbell. <laughs> Which, actually, a penguin butler would be perfect for you because you love penguins. Yeah, but a 
okay, but penguins have to be cute and cuddly and not Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and he comes, he's like, oh, someone's here to see you, mom. And she's like... <laughs> Oh. I love how we keep defaulting to an English accent. It's high society. It the just, mo- it feels right. The most highest of societies was England. <laughs> you know, with all their social boundaries. True. No one got time for that. <laughs> anyway, and then the like, cast mother's like, who would dare come here? At, at such the, an hour. At such an hour. Very, very, you know, she gives me um, Pride and Prejudice mother vibes. Oh, but a little bit more controlling and meaner and rich. Yes. Yeah. And then the butler's like, oh, ma'am, it's the king. She's like, the king. <laughs> She's like, well, what are you doing? Let him in. Yeah. And then the, everyone's sitting in. But then the king the comes king in with Jess. With Jess. He's always there, which I love because I love him. Yes. But, but like, why does he have to witness this? Because the king needs a wingman. And he just would be the greatest wingman, but he shouldn't have to wingman for the girl he likes. But the king doesn't know that. But he doesn't, because he's oblivious to freaking everything. He really is. Like, child. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Jess is the perfect wingman, because later in the story, he's the wingman to the Duke and Margaret. Yes. And he's technically, actually, he kind of succeeds in being the wingman to the king a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's just a good wingman. (laughs) Um, and the king is like, Catherine, she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've decided I want to officially court you if I have the permission of your parents, of course. And then he tells us that Jess is the one that gave him the idea. I know. Oh, okay. This is the hard thing. This is the hard, hard thing. I get it. <laughs> and that's what's so frustrating. I get why Jest is pushing for Kath and the king to get engaged, of course. He needs her heart. She needs to be the queen of hearts. I get it. Hurtful. I get why Catherine doesn't want to be queen. And I get why she wants to be with Jest. And I get why she can't, though. And I don't like it. Well, the sad thing is, like, you get why, like, he's, like, pushing them together. Like, Justice pushing the king and Kath together. But he's also not. Yes. Because he's, like, do a courtship. Don't propose to her. Yes. Like, give her, give yourself distance because he still wants her. Mm-hmm. But he's still trying to help her at the same time. Reluctant wingman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just sad. So it's like he is performing his duty. He's not doing anything wrong, per se. Oh. But... Yeah, and you do feel the tug of war with him. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, the king, you know, asks permission to court Kath. And, you know, she really wants to say no. And she's literally thinking, how do I say no? Mm-hmm. But her parents are there. Just is there. The king's there. Yes. <laughs> so she's like, yes. She agrees to it. She's mm-hmm. like, yes, you may court me. And then you just feel terrible. You're like, wah, wah, but sadder than that sound. Like, wah, wah. oh, wow, that was sad. The slight trembling really <laughs> nailed down the, <laughs> the confliction of emotion. Um, and, you know, you know, after he, the, the, the king's like, yeah, like, we're going to be courtship. <laughs> Kath gets ready for bed. Yes. Um, you know, she's like with Marianne. She's like getting her nightgown on and everything. And then she notices 
old long stemmed white rose on her windshield. Windsill. Wind windsill? Windsill? It, it sounds windsill? Window seal. Why windsill. am I saying windsill? <laughs> oh, sorry. No. I started saying it first. It sounded wrong. Window seal. That's it. On her window sill. And, you know, she kind of just like figures it's from Jess. Like, she, she, she it's not confirmed. But she's like, it's probably from Jess. I mean, because who else would it be? That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) The Jabberwocky's like, to my favorite girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's you. (laughs) You know, it's funny because up until this point, like, you you think that, like, Kath and Marianne are really close because, you know, they're trying to start this bakery together and everything. You know, she's been her servant for a really long time. Except Kath doesn't tell her about it. True. She does not. Like, up until the point, she has not told her, she has not, Kath has not told Marianne about Jest. And she tries to, like, get Marianne out of the room so that she can see, like, why is the Rose here? Yeah. Like, is he here? Mm-hmm. And then he, and then she does, and then he is. And he's like, hey. And I'm like, how you doing? <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> You're so good at voices. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're amazing. Thank you. I just mock people. <laughs> Like I'm also like I I notice I do it more with the with the char- characters from Friends because <laughs> you did Janice. Oh my god! <laughs> You're literally so good at it. Thanks. It's just because I mock them. <laughs> um, sorry, but yeah, Chester's is there. <laughs> Our boy be here, and he's climbing up on on on, on like the, it's very Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Because it's, like, her window. Like, I don't know why, but I can imagine her room, like, really well. Me too. Like, with, like, the four-poster bed mm-hmm. and, like, the window. But it's, like, kind of like the Peter Pan window. You mm-hmm. know, like, Wendy. And she like, But, like, without the little thingy. Mm-hmm. And, like, she can, like, push it out. And it's weird because you can picture it really well, even though there's not excessive detail. No. It's not like we get to count every single cobble that's in the stone. No. <laughs> But like I can see like the like the 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 garden outside and all like the the branches like going up on the house and like him yes. climbing up on that. So Romeo and Juliet, love that. Well, and it's even romantic that he's climbing up the tree that she dreamt. Yes, up. It's the lemon tree. The lemon tree, for him. That she dreamt. and his lemons <laughs> eyes. <laughs> not 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 the other thing. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. That's a city. Squeeze the lemon. <laughs> <laughs> um you know they, they flirt a little bit more but like this time it's a bit more contained yes because one kath is like i'm in my nightgown it's late at night and here is a man who i wanted to kiss alone with me alone with her in her bedroom hot like the insinuation. I would not have survived propriety. Oh my gosh. No, no. I think I would. <laughs> I'd show my ankle. Vanished <laughs> from society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be me. But then, you know, Jess is like, so you, you've been to a lot of tea parties, huh? And she's like, oh, well, yeah, I have. And she's like, do you want to go to a real one? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kath is like kind of like debating. She's like, I shouldn't go with him. Yes. Because I'm unchaperoned and, you know, I'm in courtship with the king. But, like, her heart kind of wins out. And she's like, wait here. Well, okay. This scene, too, good for two reasons. Obviously, more Jess. You know, it's always a good reason. That's yeah, always yeah. the number one reason. Yes. 
But two, this is kind of the first time where, yeah, you can tell that Jess has affections for her, but this is kind of the first time that it seems like he's purposefully trying to fulfill his duty mm-hmm. by being with her and interacting with her and kind of seducing her. Slowly, yeah. I like the seduction. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, this is also the scene where where Jess kind of confronts Kath about the king, right? Because he's like, so you told me mm-hmm. that you had no idea who the king was going to propose to. And she's like, N- I didn't technically lie to you. You asked me if I was the girl the king was in love with. He's not in love with me. True. She's like, the way you worded it was incorrect. He's like, <laughs> you are not correct. <laughs> he's like, you know what? That's fair. I could be wrong, and this might be the wrong moment. I think that it is this moment. Is I think. Because it makes sense for him to confront her about it right after the courtship was announced. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. My mind's correct. Your your mind is great. It's it's a one. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, Kath goes with Jess to the tea party. You know, it's it's not something that she's ever been to before because she has to go to like the crossroads and everything. The crossroads confuses me. Not gonna lie. Well, I think it's just because. There's a certain complexity to the way that the lands and intersection works. It's kind of like the Hogwarts stairs at Hogwarts. And the room of requirement combined. Yes. But they go to the tea party, and the tea party is kind of a roughhousing of just a bunch of different type of guests. There's a lion, a bumblebee. There is a bumblebee. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's reading the newspaper. There's a turtle. There's a hair. There's a boa constrictor. I don't remember the other one. And the mad hatter himself. Nearly mad. Nearly mad. Hatta. And you know, and, and you know, at the tea party, you know, like it's it's entertainment, you know? Like there's a seat where someone sits and they have to entertain people. And you know, Jess is like, you know, pro. Like I perform all the time. It's literally my job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have to be good at it. <laughs> but also, like, in this scene, you kind of see, like, the friendship between Hatta and Jess. Mm-hmm. Like, you know there's something more to their friendship. Like, something maybe in the past. The past. This mysterious past of Jess. Yeah, because you don't know a lot about him. But also, this also is a really cute scene because Jess is like, you know what? No, Kath is my guest. Like, she doesn't have to perform. Like, I'll perform in her place. <gasps> that was really cute. That was so cute. You know, as someone who doesn't like to talk in front of people, highly appreciated. Highly appreciated. I, do you know how much I wish there was a jest whenever I had to do a group presentation? Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 And you know, he's just like really, it's like, yes, he's trying to fulfill his duty, but he also likes her and he's also like really caring for yeah. her. He looks out after her. Yeah. But at the tea party, you know, Kath. Hatta's like, oh, so you're just here to partake, but you're not going to give, eh? <laughs> He's so passive aggressive. <laughs> so you're going to sit in delight, but give nothing in return, right? Okay. <laughs> and, you know, Kath is kind of like, mm, okay, I'll take that challenge. And, you know, like everyone's been like wearing Hatta's hats. because You know, he's a hatter. He makes them. So she puts on this bonnet. Yes. Chef's hat. Chef bonnet. Chef hat. Bonnet. <laughs> or Beth. And you know, she still she still has the macaroons from when she was supposed to give them to the king. Mm-hmm. 
So she's like, well, mine's a little bit um, unconventional, but I bake. And Hannah's like, you bake? She's like, I bake, and these are the things that I made. And people taste them, and they're like, <gasps> magical. She's like, yeah, it may be an unconventional gift, but I used a conventional oven. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, everyone's, like, impressed and everything. It's like, ooh. She wasn't lying. <laughs> she wasn't lying. I think Hatta himself does what? A riddle? Yes, he does the raven riddle. The other raven riddle. Because Jess told one raven riddle. Sorry. The raven riddle with one answer at the ball. Mm-hmm. And Hatta shows that there's another answer. Yes. And I was like, what's up with this riddle? It's in Alice in Wonderland. I know it is. But I was like, who comes up with this? Who's clever enough to do it? Actually, though, with the riddle answers, I don't know enough about ravens <laughs> to to understand the answers. So one of one of the answers is like, oh, because of his notes or whatever. And I'm like, do ravens have notes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but then something sad happened. I was really sad in my notes. Yeah. Because, you know, the Jabberwock attacked at... The first ball. Yes. The king with Kath in her red dress. And then he attacks again. Hat had his little hat shock. Yes. You know, people are getting tired, terrified. As, you know, it's appropriate. Yeah. And then, you know, you're tr- they're trying to figure out an escape plan and everything. And they're like, okay, this is what's going to happen. We're like, Justin and the hat are going to like distract the Jabberwock. And you're all going to get to the crossroads and crossover, right? So they kind of all do that. And like, you know, the tensions are high and everything. Except the little turtle. Oh, the little turtle. Well, I was like, someone just pick him up. <laughs> Everyone was insisting he walk on his own. I'm like, guys, guys, emergency well, situation. No person left behind. Pick up the turtle. Well, I, I thought he was like the size of a human. Oh, oh, I thought he was just a little turtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if he was the size of a human, it makes sense. I thought he was literally a, a half a pound. And I was like. <laughs> Why is no one lifting this guy? No, I think, I think in my head, he was the size oh. of a human, which would make sense as to why yeah. they couldn't pick yeah, him up. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like, he trips and everything, and, like, Kath sees him. And, you know, the Jabberwock has its eyes on him. She's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> she goes, like, goes back for him. She's, like, trying to get him out and everything. and But then she doesn't quite make it. Yeah. And so the Jabberwock is, like, going to come, like, you know, tear her apart. Yeah. And then the lion steps in for her. Mm-hmm. Just, like, without even thinking, he's just, like, he's just this brave lion who yeah. just, like, gets in the way. And then the Jabberwock just, like, kind of grabs him and just takes him away. Yeah, yeah. And we never see the lion again. We never see him again. And it's really sad because he was really brave. We also learned that Jest is a bird. Oh, yeah, he can turn into a bird. A raven. Like raven. Yeah. That's so raven. Two crows sitting in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> so then Jest takes Catherine home and he's like hey sorry about that big bird <laughs> back there <laughs> kind of ruined our night and I didn't mean to endanger you at all yeah he feels really guilty about yeah. it and it's really cute he is really cute and you know Kath is like trying to be like well I, I made the decision to go with you like I didn't have to mm-hmm. and just was like still though like you were my responsibility I invited you out I should have kept you safe but then you know it's kind of like a vulnerable moment when he takes her home. Mm-hmm. Because Kath opens up about what baking is to her. You know, how 
she's more than just some prissy daughter of a marquess. That she has this love for baking and that it actually really does mean something to her. You know, Jess didn't expect that. And he's like, I'm a rook. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, a what? A rook. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, how much clearer do I have to be? An actual rook. Actually, I think the concept is is really cool. Like chess? Yes. It's like chess. Literal chess. (laughs) Is the rook the fish? No, the rook is like the piece that looks like a castle. Um, and it can only move in a straight line. Oh, but it's also sad because they kind of like have this vulnerable moment with each other. But then Cal's like, we can't see each other again. Yeah. She's like, this is this can only be like a one-time thing. And just is like, I know. Like They, they both know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's always... The proposal from the king, I guess the courtship of the king, is always at the back of their minds. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of the final damper on the mood. The third wheel in the consciousness. But Jess still says like he hopes to see her at the Turtle Rock Cove Festival. Because yeah. he still hopes. I mean, is it partly because of his mission? Probs. Not going to deny that. What? Not going <laughs> to not going to deny that. Sorry, I said that. I don't really. Not going to deny that. <laughs> I thought you went into an Australian accent. I was like, I thought we were doing British. <laughs> You're like, we have to keep the accent. <laughs> Consistency. But it's like, there's hope. There's hope for love. Well, it doesn't just say something to, like, doesn't he say something like, when you're dancing with the king? Or when you're dancing, imagine you're dancing with me. Or, like, maybe both you and I could steal away and dance together or something like that. Or, like, keep a dance or, like, save a dance for me or something. Yeah, something with a dance. Adorable. Yeah. But then, but then, but then, Kath and Jess hear someone coming to her bedroom. And then Jess is, like, gone. Yeah. (laughs) He GTFO'd (laughs) out of that place. (laughs) Which, you know... He kind of has to. He's alone in her bedroom. Yeah, not a great situation to be found in. No. And she's in her nightgown. Yeah. Uh, scandal. Absolutely. And he's hot. A greater scandal. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marianne comes in. She's like, hey, Kath, um, what are you doing up? Why are you dressed? And then you, she, Kath kind of ends up telling her everything about Jess. Well, almost everything. She doesn't tell him about him being a rook. Yes. But everything else. All the romance and the maybe I will, but maybe I won't. And Marianne's like, well, but what about the king? And Catherine's like, oh, I hate the king. But I think Marianne also like brings up a point here, I think, if I remember correctly, where she's like, do you actually want to open up a bakery? Like, you yes. have this kind of life. Like, you don't know the life of a servant, the life of a commoner. Are you sure you're, like, willing to give that up? And I was like, you know what, Marianne? Fair point. Because if Kath really wanted it, it's not, okay, I don't think Kath, I think Kath wants it, but not to the extent that she'd be willing to do anything for it. Or at least not yet. Because if that were so, they would have opened the bakery a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But, and I think to Kath and to Marianne, there is the sense that they both know it's never going to happen, and yet they both still insist that, it could. 
Catherine sits more than Marianne does. Yes. I think Marianne kind of has more of the logistics Mm -hmm. because her circumstances wouldn't change no matter what. It's more so the hope that maybe she could have this dream. Which kind of makes you feel bad for her, honestly. Yeah. It just, it feels hopeless and just not likely. But there's also like a little bit of hope. And the hope makes you sad. Yeah. A little hope makes you sad. Well, because, I mean, the bakery decision is one of those decisions in a book where it's kind of like a tragedy, where if one thing had been different, you would have avoided everything else. If they had decided to open that bakery, they could have opened the bakery, Kath could have been with Jess, you know, it's kind of one of those... Uh plot lines oh. that never happens because that decision was never made. That decision would have been Kath's freedom. But she never made it. I just got sad thinking about the ending. <laughs> oh. No, but after all this, you know, the king, he's in his courtship with Kath. So he, like, sends her gifts. He sends her, like, a million flowers and poetry and stuff. But what's really cute about it, mm. well, also kind of sad about it. Sad. <laughs> is that... She can tell that justice helping the king. She can tell when the poetry is from the king just like all by himself and when it's from jest. Yeah. And look, the only reason why she likes it or likes the presence is because she's looking forward to jest's letters, his yes. poetry, his yes. handwriting, all of that. And you, it's just a sad situation because justice helping the king write love letters to the girl he likes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the situation is really not great. No, he deserves so much more. Yeah. But ultimately, Cheshire Cat, of course, comes around with more gossip. gossip. I love that so much. I love it. Like, yes. He's always in the know-how. And he tells Catherine that at the... um. Turtle Cove Festival. Yes. That there's going to be a baking contest. And whoever wins gets 10 crowns, I believe. 50. Oh, 50 crowns. Oh, my goodness. Never mind. 50 crowns. And obviously, this is a big deal to Catherine because she's thinking, if I win that baking contest, which I know I will because I am great at baking, I wouldn't need to ask my parents for my own diary. Dowry. I could just use those 50 crowns. Like, I wouldn't need my parents' permission. And I could just open up the bakery with Marianne. You know, so this is like, this is a driving point for her. Yes. You know, she's trying, she's, I think she's also just like trying to get chest out of her head. Yeah. But like also she like kind of wants to have him in her head. Because he writes really mm-hmm. good poetry too. And he writes really good poetry. Well, and also there's the looming sense that she's ultimately going to see him again at the Turtle Cove Days Festival. Yeah. Which we're all looking forward to. I, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, not for Jess, for the turtles, of course. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like, they're just going to dance some more. <laughs> um, But, you know, Kath is, like, thinking about what she should make for the baking contest. She's like, well, I can make this, I can make this. But she's like, well, we want to do something trendy. Mm-hmm. So she's like, pumpkin. Pumpkin is, like, really in season right now. It's like, it's like, it's a hot topic these days. I get that. I, I like pumpkin. I oh. don't. Yeah, you don't like pumpkin. Don't. It's kind of gross. That seasonal pumpkin bread, though. Oh, I love it. I once had a stale pumpkin cookie. Ugh. Why'd you eat if it was stale? Okay. Here's the 
<laughs> I didn't know it was stale. Oh. And someone gave me to like, here, do you want cookies or pumpkin food? I was like, I don't really like pumpkin, but they're like, they're really good. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I ate it, and it was stale, and it was pumpkin, and it was dark chocolate. <laughs> so you had a great time, is what you were saying. <laughs> great time. Um, you know, Kath is like, well, we have to have the best pumpkin there are because, you know, in order to be to have a great product, a great pastry that's the word that's mm-hmm. the p word that's not the p word <laughs> not the p word you're thinking of she's like to have a great pastry, you have to use great ingredients and so she's like who has the best pumpkins in all of the land well peter pumpkin eater his last name's not pumpkin eater right we're just calling him peter pumpkin, pumpkin? his name's peter peter oh <laughs> <laughs> i just think i'm just thinking of the rhyme and so she goes to his pumpkin patch mm-hmm. you know it's, 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 it's sketchy there's some sus vibes. Honestly, the vibe I was getting from his pumpkin patch was like the Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm, I can see with that. The jack o' lantern and like the gate, the Iron Gate. Mm. Like and maybe some fog. I kind of <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> I kind of get like end of season rotted pumpkin patch. But you know, she, Kath and Marianne go and they knock on the door. But you know, Marianne's like really creeped out. She's like, I don't like this. This is weird. The vibes are not here. <laughs> this is not it. She's right. She is right. She's well, she's right. also like, there's so many other places we can get pumpkins, but Kath is like, we need the best, and these are the best pumpkins. Mm-hmm. So she knocks on the, the cottage. No one answers. Right? They're kind of waiting, but then they hear a noise in the back, and so Kath is like, let's go find what that is. Like, let's go find out what that noise is. And Marianne's like, no. That's how people get killed in horror movies. (laughs) (laughs) You're being dumb. Does Kath do it anyway? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so she goes and sees, and she sees this, like, giant pumpkin. Like, giant. Like, James and the Giant Peach kind of (laughs) pumpkin. That movie was so weird. I barely remember it. It's very Fever Dream-esque. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, she hears these noises from inside the pumpkin, and she sees Peter Pumpkin. Peter, Peter, <laughs> um, up and kind of like, I think he was hammering or like axing or. I think he was hacking at the pumpkin. Some tool was used against the pumpkin. <laughs> the pumpkin was abused. Yes. And so they go up and talk to him. He's like, what are you doing on my property? Get out. No, I'm not going to sell things to you. Get out. He's like, what do you think this is? A pumpkin patch? <laughs> You think we sell pumpkins here? Are you crazy? Yeah, he's very he's he he very much wants to get them to get out. Yes, he's like, don't come on my property. Did they trespass a little bit? Yeah, but you know, you know things happen. They hear noises from the pumpkin. They're like, sus. Okay, <laughs> but then they leave. Yeah, but then Kath, being Kath, is like, no, I came here for a pumpkin, and I'm gonna get a pumpkin. Mm. And she sees this little sliver of orange yes. in the front. In the little front part of his cottage. And she, like, breaks it open and she sees this round, perfect pumpkin. Mm. But, see, but, but I don't, I feel like Kath wants to be oblivious to things. Because from the description, it's like, yeah, everything was rotted and smashed around it. You would think there'd be a reason. To not. Grab the pumpkin in the rotting pumpkin patch. I think... She just had the insistence of, I want the best of the best. Mm -hmm. Because I am the best of the best. 
And I would like that self-confidence, except for situations where there's creepy pumpkin patches and gross pumpkins. But then, at the very, very end of this chapter, she steps on something as she's going back into her carriage. And she looks down, and she sees this little part of a carousel. Of a carousel hat that she saw on the lion at the tea party with Hatta, the yep. Hatter. Yep. And then she she starts to become you know a little bit suspicious. Like, why is this here? Why is this at Peter Pumpkin Peter Peters? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I don't know if there's a police force in Wonderland, but I feel like if I saw that, I'd contact someone and be like, hey, there's some sus things going on at this pumpkin patch. I saw the carousel from a lion's hat. There's a big pumpkin. He's hurting the pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> there are noises. Yeah, I, 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 I'd get rid of the pumpkin I got. Chuck it. I would not trust anything. No. I'm, I'm surprised she doesn't raise more alarm. Well, I mean, I guess it's not enough evidence. Oh, because I guess I guess I think she thinks like, oh, the, the Jabberwock flew over. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. She doesn't have enough evidence yet. Also, there's no police force because the king is incompetent. Ooh, get wrecked. Roasted. Boom. Like a pig. Oh. (laughs) The duke's like, hey. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) Sensitive. (laughs) But, you know, then Kath makes her pumpkin pie. You know, it's a little cinnamon. Yumminess. You have to admit, the way the pumpkin pie is described sounds really good. It's pumpkin. That won't change its nature. It does not change its nature. But, you know, Catherine goes to the festival. And, you know, she kind of has to go to the festival because it's the festival that her parents kind of throw. Yeah. It's like what they're known for. It's her legacy. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's the rock turtle co- tur- card of what? Heiress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, has, she has to dance the lobster quadrille. Yes. I was wondering what the quadrille was. I'm assuming it has something to do with four. Yes. And dancing. You know what? <laughs> Context clues. Context clues. But when she gets to the festival, you know, like, she, like, partakes of things, you know. She's like, you know what? My, my mom's not looking at me. I can go eat food. And I was like, oh, so sad, girl. <laughs> but then she also goes to, she sees Hada's shop. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, a little traveling one, like, on wheels. Like a caravan, I think. Yeah. 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 And then she goes and sees him, and he like he kind of like likes her better this time. He's like nicer to her. He's like, "Hey, look at this hat." And by nicer, he's like, "Yeah, I don't hate you, but I also hate you at the same time." But he's like nicer. Well, he's more polite about it. Yeah, yeah, a little less in your face, mm-hmm. more passive aggressive. Yeah, but he gives her a hat, and the hat's in the shape of a macaroon. Mm-hmm. So immediately, not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> But he also tells her that that this hat, you know, it just makes her look charming. Like, it'll just make her, you know. Yeah. Like, a little bit more. Irresistible. What you think? Like, why would Hatta do that? Why would he make her look irresistible? At, at an event where the king is going to be? So that she gets with the king so that Jess can steal her heart. Yeah. Well, actually, wow, I didn't even realize that until you just, <laughs> until you just led me there. I didn't realize it until now. because yeah why is Hatta so cordial and obviously he knows the mission Mm -hmm. he knows how to get it done is to make someone look irresistible to a very hungry king Mm -hmm. it'd work on me 
Then no, it wouldn't. It's a macaroon. Well, but the irresistible factor. Oh, okay. But then I'd look at the macaroon and I'd be like, spell broken. Done. <laughs> no. Whatever we were, <laughs> not anymore. Well, like, he specifically does that. Like, the rose macaroons that she had given them at the tea party. Yes. Where she said, yeah, these were meant for the king. Which kind of leads me to believe that he made it so oh. to be charming. So she could, yeah. <gasps> oh, my goodness, Kim, you're so smart. I'm literally coming up with crap right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're connecting so many dots, though, because he, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Here I thought it was just a little friendly interaction, but it actually had different motives. Honestly, this is a book where if you reread it, you kind of, like, learn more things mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Well, and you can see how the pieces better in- interlock. Yeah. I'm not saying that you don't get that your first read, but I feel like you can better appreciate, like, in this moment mm-hmm. where you have opened my eyes to the sun and it doesn't burn. It burns a little. <laughs> I can't stare directly at it. <laughs> but this is also the scene where Hada kind of like tells Kat about, you know, he's kind of like family curse. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, my dad and his dad and his dad all went mad. Like, that's just what they do. And he's like, yeah, I'm just running from time. I'm like, me too. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> I want to be able to do that. Thank you. Actually, though, his plan to outsmart time by avoiding time is very smart well he might not mention it then but he mentions it some at some point and it's smart it is smart to because in his logic he's like over time my family goes mad so if i can avoid time then we're all good here and that's possible and yeah thus far he's been able to yeah by doing what he's doing running running Away. <laughs> Avoidance. <laughs> but then, you know, Kath has to go back to the festival because, you know, it's her duty. You know, she dances a lobster quadrille. Quadrille. Four people in dancing. And lobsters. And lobsters. No, like, literally, it has lobsters. Like, literal, like, I want to know if these lobsters are human sized, though. Because that would be kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny, though, if they weren't and they were super small and you just have to dance with this teeny lobster. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. If they were human size, like, those are big chompers. Those are big chompers. Like that. Also, if your dance partner doesn't like you, In gone. half. Yeah. That's You've also like become... their beady eyes. like the... Oh, that's true. And like their little whisker antenna. Ew. 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 Cat. Ew. <laughs> It's her birthright, though. She kind of has to. <laughs> oh. And, like, just compliments Kat's hat. Mm-hmm. He's like, something about you is different. It's because she's charming. Yeah. She has the hat. She has a macaroon on her hat. It makes her. I like it. I get it, though. You don't. I get it. The macaroon? Yeah. I don't get it. It's, 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 it looks delicious. Ugh. It hides a strange center. <laughs> <laughs> but then he also kind of, like, implies that the hat might be magical. Yes. Like, that's when, like, Kath kind of, like, gets the, the impression that, hey, thing that, like, these hats might be more than they seem. Yes. They alter something about you. Mm-hmm. And and this is also, too, where Jess is kind of just pushing Kath toward the king again. He's like, oh, there's the king. I'm sure he'll ask you to dance. Kind of, he's trying, you can tell he's trying to withdraw. Mm-hmm. He's trying to pull back his feelings. He's trying to stay coarse on the mission. Maybe even had his hat kind of jolts him into remembering what he has to do. 
But alas, after Kath dances with the king, the crowds swell and it gets crazy. And who saves her when she kind of gets anxious in all the wildness? Mm-hmm. Just does. It's really cute. It is cute. This is the thing with Jess. Is that usually when there's like a deceit romance, right? Mm-hmm. You doubt every single thing the person does. Yeah. But with Jess, you'd think you'd feel like that. At least this is how I feel. But you don't. Because even though, yeah, maybe he's trying to seclude her to further his mission, which to an extent I'm sure he is, you can also tell that a much larger part of him is doing it for himself and for her. That's grown into something more past his mission and that he's just using his mission as an excuse for the true feelings he's developing. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, you you just don't doubt him. Yeah. Something about Jess is just, like, you don't doubt his intentions. Because even though he's a jester and he's secretive, he doesn't seem like a liar. No. D- does he ever lie in the book? I think he... Talks. I mean, by omission, in yes. a sense. But, like, outright, outright lies. I don't think he outright lies. I think mm. he's, like, too clever to outright lie. Ooh, that's... He is clever. He's very clever. Smart man. You know, he kind of he kind of takes Kath into this kind of like more secluded area. You know, they kind of like talk. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And also, I'm trying to remember, does the king kind of announce during the quadrille that... He does announce the courtship. Oh, okay. He announces that he's officially courting Kath. Okay. Which is why everyone kind of like flocks to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but he also kind of does that because Kath was trying to talk to him about the Jabberwock. Mm-hmm. She's like, like, what are we doing about this? Like, is anything being done? And the king just kind of like, well, we're just going to avoid it. We're just going to keep throwing parties. And she's and like, everyone's going to be happy. I'm going to avoid you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she's just kind of, like, she's just kind of like defeated. Like she doesn't want to be with the king. He's not the person that she wants to be with. And, like, all these people are flocking her. Just takes her away. And then they have this moment where, like, they know they can't be together, but they want to, like, make it last longer. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just one of those moments again. But even Jess kind of reiterates to Catherine, like, you're not going to choose me over a king. I'm not going to compete against a king, I think is the line he says. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how they part. Yeah. Is kind of just this sense of, I mean, just in a, I mean, admits he has feelings mm-hmm. with that. But with that line, he's like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Whatever this is, we can't. That's like one thing for her to feel it, but it's another thing for just to say it. Yeah. Because it just feels more real mm-hmm. and not so much in Catherine's mind. I It shows that they're both feeling the connection. Yeah. And then she kind of like, she's like, she just leaves. Yeah. Just she feeling like, so trapped in her circumstances. Yeah. And she she kind of like forgets about her baking contest, like the entire reason why she was excited to go there. Well, we all know the true reason why she was excited to go there. The baking contest was just a side quest. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was excited. That's why I was excited. <laughs> we know she's at the baking contest, and, you know, the king's one of the judges. She's, she's, she's like, like I got this in the back. <laughs> she totally does, though. And, you know, everyone's, like, trying things and everything. And her cake is, you know, presented. And the king's like, you know what? I can't do this. I can't judge. I'm too biased. And Kath is like, 
are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> the one time I need you to pick me, you withdraw? <laughs> I was literally like, you're the freaking worst king. <laughs> like, you can't do anything right. No. He's just so bumbling, fumbling, ditzy. Yeah, ditzy. He's, he, oh, like, if ditzy were, like, not a typical feminine thing, it would be this man. He's the embodiment of it. Well, and he's kind of the opposite of what Jest is. You know, oh, yeah. Jest is so sleek and secretive and smooth and effortless. Yeah. And the king's like, oh. <laughs> why is he French? I don't <laughs> yeah, sure. Why? 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 <laughs> oh. But ultimately, the judges get to Kath's cake. And they decide to eat it. And the turtle from the tea party with Hada eats it. And he's like, oh my goodness, this is the best cake in the world. I think it was more like, no. <laughs> I'm melting, I'm melting kind of thing. And it's just, it's, 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 it's written as this really tragic thing because this turtle turns into something else, into a half cow, half turtle, into what they call a mock turtle. Let me tell you, did not understand the issue with him being a mock turtle. I did not get it at all. I didn't get it until I read another Alice in Wonderland synopsis and I realized there's a really big scene with a mock turtle and his woes. I was like, oh, that's why it's a mock turtle. Yeah, and I feel like there there's a place called Mock Turtle Cove. In Alice in Wonderland, I think in the book. Yeah. It's like, it's this, it's this whole thing. So, like, that's why it's, like, a big deal. But, like, it's been a while since I've read the book. It's been, like, oh, I don't know, like, 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was, like, I mean, I guess he's technically not a real turtle. But, like, <laughs> so what? No, everyone was making the biggest deal. So, he was just disgraced and that he was just the social outcast. I'm, like, what, guys? He He's still him. Yeah. He's just... He he's still a turtle in essence. He just got plastic surgery. <laughs> he just, he's got some work done. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you still feel bad for him. Yeah, because I mean, it's made very apparent through the writing that this is not a good thing. No. But without the background information, I just didn't understand why it was so terrible. Which again, I should have read Alice in Wonderland before <laughs> reading this one, or watched the movie at least. But, you know, after all of that, after all, like, the commotion, you know, Catherine finally gathers up the courage to ask her parents to use for her dowry to open up the bakery because the baking contest kind of didn't go as she planned. You know, she didn't get the the prize because, you know, a mock turtle emerged, was created. <laughs> <laughs> so she finally gathers up the courage to ask her parents and... It basically goes exactly how she thought it would. It's like worst case scenario. Her parents do not approve. Her father gets angry at her and he's like, no, my daughter will not be a baker. Yeah. You either do what we ask of you and marry the king or you're not my daughter anymore. Yeah. And she kind of thought her dad would be on her side. That mm -hmm. If there was any ally she could kind of reach out to, it would be her father. And that they'd kind of combat against her mother. But her dad was the one who I felt like took the harshest stance mm -hmm. in the conversation. 
I mean, you kind of feel like a little bit of betrayal. Yeah. Because you're like, Kath, like, had hopes. Like, she didn't have hopes for her mother. She absolutely knew her mother wouldn't approve. But if her father did, then maybe, just maybe. You know, her father had always been, like, kinder to her. Like, oh, yeah, like, let Kath eat this or do this. So she, like, she, yeah, she had a little bit of hope. But it was just, like, completely crushed in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, she got, she gets very, very upset, as you know, as you would. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because all, it, well, it seems like in this scene that all of her worth to her parents is just that. She's just someone to marry off, someone to raise their status in the kingdom. It's just the reputation that they care about. Yeah. Which is like, oof. That's a hard blow. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the reason why Catherine's been dreading this conversation is because she suspected this would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, she's known that's kind of been a false hope from the beginning. And it did happen. And now she's like, what am I going to do? Yeah, it... She hasn't quite lost all hope. No. Because she has one idea. She does. There is one man she can visit with whom she can make a business proposition or a business deal. And that is Hatta. Which, you know, don't know about know much about business myself. No. But maybe don't enter into business with someone who doesn't like you about eighty <laughs> percent of the time. <laughs> Actually it's probably more like ninety five percent of the time. Well, she, I feel like she's kinda desperate at this point though. Yeah. And, like, she said, she's like, but he is a businessman, and he is doing well. Like, I want to know, like, how and, like, why? And, like, maybe he can give me a loan. Or, yeah, yeah, maybe we could work out something together. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, okay. You know, she's, she's still she's still trying. Yeah. Like, she still wants to make this happen, even if her parents kind of dashed all her hopes. Which I think showed that it that the bakery meant more to her then like this is kind of the deepest that we feel of her desire for the bakery Mm -hmm. and i liked it i liked to see like that she kept trying yeah me too that her hopes weren't just completely dashed away that it did show that she actually did have substantial interest invested in this idea that she really did want to have a bakery with marianne it wasn't just some you know like, it, it was something that was actually meaningful to her. Yeah. And that she wasn't so ready to give away. Mm-hmm. You know, Kath eventually decides, yeah, I'm going to go visit Hatta and, like, give him this this idea. Except when she visits him, he's in the mood of not liking her. Yes. He, like, he he's not even, like, passive-aggressive about it. He's very direct. He's like, yeah, I don't like you. Go away. He's like, you're playing with Jess. Mm -hmm. Don't appreciate that. You come into my shop. Don't appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, you you feel the friendship that Hatta has for, for, with Jess. Because he's like, no, I don't like what you're doing with him. Like, you're a lady. Like, he's a jester. Like, don't, don't play with him. Like, we, we both, we all know our roles. Yeah. You should know yours. Yeah, and stick to it. And Kath kind of, like, gets a little bit, like, angry at that. Because she's like, I do know what my role is. and I, do, I But I still have these feelings for him. You know, that's not necessarily my choice. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of, like, gets a little bit, like, she kind of stands up for herself for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Go you, Kath. Yeah, I'm glad she didn't just take it because, I mean, it just showed that, again, I, I it showed that it would be a lot more convenient if she didn't have these feelings. But that she does, and that's 
that is what is making everything so complicated. And she also says, this is between me and Jest, okay? Mm-hmm. Why are you sticking your nose in our business, okay? Even though I want to do business with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hada's like, well, why should I go into business with someone who, who makes mock turtles? And she's like, what? She's like, well, think about it. Your pumpkin pie was the one that was presented. The turtle was the only one who ate that pumpkin pie, and something terrible happened to him. And, you know, Kath had already been suspecting it, but, like, to have, like, had to confirm it was, like, eee. Well, and to have him accuse her. Mm-hmm. But then Kath is also like, well, what about your hats? Like, they're they're way more than they seem, right? Like, they change people. They make do people do certain things that they wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. But then Hannah's like, well, that's not true. And, like, he kind of goes into that explanation of, like, I can't change someone. But I can improve on certain things. Yes. You know, like, he explains the whole thing. And I believe this is actually when he explains about time and, like, escaping in the whole thing with chess. It's within one of those two interactions. Yes. It may even be both. Like, a little bit of both. Yeah. And ultimately, Hata's like, so no, I'm not going to do business with you. Goodbye now. And they kind of just leave on the sour note. Yes. And... Again, I feel like everyone's kind of being unfair toward Kath. I get the situation. I get how it would look like to someone else with Jest. But also, Hada knows what Jest has to do and what has what Jest has to complete. Catherine's not the only one feeling feelings. Jest is also the one who's letting things get in the way. Equal blame, two people in a relationship. Hada, you're being a good bro. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. But everyone's being a little hard on Kath. She's not the only one here. I mean, if you think about the mission, like, Hada's being a little bit unreasonable. Yeah. But then you're, at, like, wondering, like, why? Well, and why isn't he getting mad at Jess for jeopardizing the mission? Well, he probably is. We just don't see it. He's just mad at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he's mad, and he's mad. Oh, a mad, mad Hata Hatter. A mad Hatter madman. <gasps> mad, mad Hata Hatter man. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but we are still in the throes of courtship. With the king. With the king. And the king invites Catherine to go to the theater. Oh, ho, ho. Very fancy, very opera, operatic. But, you know, this is, this is kind of like an affair, you know. Kath puts on, like, this, this very low-cut, low-vish, lavish, luscious, lavish. Lavish! Oh, that's the word. Oh my gosh. This very lavish blue dress, I believe, right? I believe so. That's very low cut. I'm like, the chest, though, is going to be cold. <laughs> I felt her, honestly. I was like, I I mean, I don't. I, well, I kind of do. Because, like, I sometimes think I can wear low cut things, and I'm like, but my chest is cold. <laughs> it's chilly! <laughs> and I don't like it when my chest is cold, because where do you go for warmth? When your hands are cold, true. Your, your chest. chest. It's just not a good situation. But when um when Catherine goes to this theater with the king, Jest is at his coldest. He won't even look at her. And and as the king and Catherine get into their booth, the king's like, Jest, perform for Catherine again. And Catherine's like, No, 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 no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that scene. But I also kind of loved this scene. Me too. Because, like, it's just, like, 
you see the king and Kath, you know, she's trying to be polite and he's like, they're in their courtship and everything. And Justice just kind of like sitting in the back, like watching it all happen. <laughs> yeah. And then like the king keeps like making these like little remarks and everything. But, you know, Justice being cold towards Kath and she's like wondering why and everything. And then eventually the king kind of like makes this kind of like offhanded comment where he's kind of like, yeah, I just want like a lot of kids. Like I want like 10 kids. Yeah. And Kath like goes red. Yeah. Cause he's like, how many do you want? Yeah. And then Jess is like, no. <laughs> well, kind of. He kind of like stands up and he's like, you know what? I need a drink. Do you all want a drink? <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> and then you can feel it. You can feel his jealousy. Oh, yeah. And you, it, like, I love it, but I hate it. I know. I, I, yeah, it's, it's so love hate mm-hmm. because you know everything that he's feeling and you can just feel attention and you can just feel the different wants and the desires, but the impossibilities that's keeping them at bay. And when he stands up, that part was so good, but so bad. But so good because he was cold he was being so cold towards her but then the king said something and he couldn't help himself yeah he he lost control he couldn't control his reactions anymore oh, we love that we love when a guy loses control slightly slightly not in a weird way aggressive don't yeah. be aggressive just be hot yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> you know jess leaves and then kath is like well what was that yeah, that's a little suspicious. Maybe he does still have feelings maybe, for me. Maybe, maybe he does. You know, Kath kind of like follows him out. And I believe this is where she kind of sees Jess ta- talking to the Duke. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah. Talking to the Duke about Margaret. Or talking to Margaret about the Duke. I thought it was Margaret about the Duke. He was talking about the Duke. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because Margaret was also there. Because... Kath had told Jess about the whole, you know, bakery thing with Marianne, you know, after the tea party and everything. And so he knows that, like, the Duke with, like, the favors. <laughs> he knows about um, the kind of, like, agreement that Kath has with the Duke. And so he ca- he's, he's still kind of, like, taking care of her. Yeah. He's, like, he, like, he even, like, kind of convinces Margaret of the Duke. Yeah. Which Kath couldn't do. Yeah. And so she kind of she kind of sees that and, like, you know, it's just really cute. It is really cute. But before before they actually get to talk to each other, um, Lady Peter comes up to Kath. Yes. And she's like, do you have more of that pumpkin pie? Yes, I believe you're correct. And she, she later, P, Lady Peter comes up to Kath and she's like, do you have more pumpkin? Like, she seems kind of, like, desperate for it. Yeah, she's just kind of manic and shaking crazy. Like, Lady Peter up to this point has always just seemed very sickly, like, very frail, very weak, very just, like, in herself. Like, she doesn't talk a lot. So to see her kind of, like, crazed for this pumpkin, like, Kath is kind of, like, taking aback. And she's like, what, like, what's happening? Yeah. And, like, um, I believe Peter Peter comes in. Because after they talk for a little bit, and it kind of escalates because Lady Peter kind of gets more and more frantic and in a mm-hmm. frenzy. Then Peter Peter comes over. I believe he's, like, telling Kath, like, don't talk to my wife. Yeah, like, like stay, stay away. away from her. And, like, he, like, grabs her or something. And then Justin and Kath start talking. I think he becomes softer. And he's like, I'm sorry for acting the way I did. But at first, he's like, I expect the keen was going to propose to you tonight, is going to propose to you tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that then, after him and Catherine talk more, then that's when he kind of softens. And 
and kind of returns back to the Jess that we know, the one who isn't so cold and so withdrawn. Yeah. The Jess that we love, know and love. Because, like, he hate, like he knows that his mission, for his mission, Kath has to marry the king to become a queen. Yes. He has to take the heart of the queen. But he also doesn't want her to because he loves her. And so, like, but he also knows that she doesn't want to marry the king. So he's, like, he's, he's in conflict. Yes. Because she needs to marry the king, but she doesn't want to marry the king. And he has to make her marry the king, but he loves her and doesn't want her to marry the king. Therefore, conflict. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, what happens? Oh, that's right. Tragedy. The Jabberwock. Why? The Jabberwock. It's back. It's back with a vengeance. It's like, did you miss me? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Except for this time, it seems kind of bent on getting Catherine. It does seem focused on Catherine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just realized why. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, and, you know, she's kind of like trying to fight it off. Um, just as takes the lead and he starts to distract the Jabberwocky. He's like bashing it with his <laughs> scepter. <laughs> Be gone! <laughs> Right, yes. Just, like, he does try to protect her. Yeah. But Jest is obviously losing the battle against this huge mythical creature. Yeah. I, I mean, fairly. I mean, you don't really send shots. So Catherine kind of gets the impulse to use Jest's hat. Yes. Because it was knocked off during, you know. The well, scuffle. The scuffle. Scuffle, scuffle. And so she kind of, like, pulls it. She, like, try to, like, she puts her hand in and tries to grab something because she's seen him, like, pull things out of his hat and everything. And she pulls this, like, sword. Yeah. What apparently is known as the Vorpal Sword. A la Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Hogwarts Phoenix Fox Magic. Gotcha Gryffindor Vorpal Sword. Rubies. Steel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's trying to, like... At this point, though, I'm pretty sure she breaks her ankle or something. And so she's, like, trying to stand on, like, she's trying to stand, like, with the sword. And she's, like, trying yeah, to get. While injured. She, while injured. And she's trying to, like, get the Jabberwock because just is in danger. Like, this is this is a bad thing. Um, and then, but when the Jabberwock sees the sword, it kind of, like, flies away and everything. When I first read the story, I actually was a little confused on this part because mm-hmm. while Catherine is kind of building herself up to fight the Jabberwocky. She's like, off with its head, off with its head. And it's kind of like this mantra she's repeating over and over in her head. Mm-hmm. When I first read the story, I thought that her chanting that in her head actually was what made the Jabberwocky go away. Oh. But it's just the Vorpal Sword, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the Vorpal Sword, isn't that kind of a big deal in Alice in Wonderland? Yes. I It, it just seems really important. But it's just pulled out of a hat. Well, they mention it later in the story where it's like, well, you were able to pull the sword from the hat. Like only royalty is able to pull the sword. Oh, oh. So it's a further confirmation that she will be the queen. queen. Oh, mm-hmm. so oh, like no. that just notices that. Mm-hmm. Like, and you see something I f- I'm, I'm pretty sure in this scene, like just like kind of like looks at her differently. Yeah, because up until this point, like. He doesn't know for sure that Kath is going to be the queen. It's so like, up in the air. 
it is up in there. Like he knows he has to make her the queen because he needs the heart of a queen, but he's not sure it has to be her. But when she pulls the sword from the hat, that's kind of like a bit of a confirmation for him. Like, oh, she's meant to be royalty. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, a a sword is the biggest confirmation anyone could ask for (laughs) on anything. (laughs) But see, what happens after the Jabberwock leaves is that, you know, Kath is in like a lot of pain because it hurts to break your ankle. Yeah, I haven't done it, but I'm, I'm assuming it does. Apparently, it's like one of the most painful things you can do. Oh, sorry, like, Kath. It's, it's like, it hurts. And so, you know, people are like kind of like freaking out. The king comes up. He's like, oh, my gosh. Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And I actually really like this scene because Kath kind of goes off on the king. She's like, what are you doing? Like, this is the third time this has happened. Like, what, you think you can just throw a party and this is all going to go away? No, that's not going to happen. You need to do something. You're the king. She doesn't do it quite as plainly as I just did, but that's definitely the vibe that she's going for. And just is like, oh, she's just in a lot of pain. Don't mind her. <laughs> like, Kath, shut up. But like, she's, she's just like, what are you doing? She's like very upset. And I'm like, rightfully so. Yeah. Because he is, he has been so complacent in these attacks. It's like nothing matters to him. Which, I mean, I guess the attitude in Wonderland is the sense that nothing matters. There is kind of, I think Kath even mentions it at one point in the story that things happen and then they're just forgotten about. Well, I think the king is just scared. Yeah. He's just a coward. Like he's just like, if I avoid it long enough, maybe it'll go away. Yeah. Which seems to be a very, very common occurrence in this kingdom. Or even kind of like a theme of the story because a lot of themes have, a lot of the issues, the core issue is that people are trying to avoid things that they can't. Mm -hmm. Catherine's trying to avoid a conversation with her parents about the bakery. Catherine's trying to avoid the king and marrying him. You know, like all, Jess is trying to avoid his duty by trying to trick time and fate or the future or whatever you might call it. Avoidance Mm -hmm. is bad. It's bad. Do I do it? Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um, but afterwards, like, Kath, you know, they're just like, oh, she's in a lot of pain. Like, we need to take her to the sturgeons. Which, I mean, there's a type of fish. Like, why is a fish a doctor? Because it's like oh. a surgeon. Oh, I thought a sturgeon was just an old-fashioned doctor i thought that was just what it's a fish well that's why they were gonna take her to the beach oh i just thought that's where the doctor was located <laughs> oh that makes a lot more sense i'm assuming that they were doing a play on words where it's like a sturgeon is a type of fish and a surgeon is a doctor oh so they're doing like that play oh on. i literally thought that was an 1800s word for doctor <laughs> and i was like oh sturgeon okay the only reason i know that is because in the son of neptune they make that joke. Oh. Because on their, in the little pax boat on their way to Seattle, like, he's like, oh, yeah, a bunch of surgeons came and, like, helped pull the boat. And then Percy was like, what? Surgeons? Doctors? <laughs> That's the only reason why I know that. Um, But afterwards, the king's like, okay, we'll take her, we'll take her to the beach and everything. And Jess was like, she's in a lot of pain. Like, I, like, we need to treat her now. Just the fact that he didn't like seeing her in pain. Yeah, that he had so much insistence and persistence on wanting to take care of her. Yeah, and he literally just kind of, he low-key kidnaps her. Sexy, though. <laughs> I, is it kidnapping, though? Because I, I I think Catherine was happy to go along oh, with it. Oh, no, she was happy to go along with it. But, like, to everyone else, it looked like she was kidnapped. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I from, the, <laughs> from the outside point of view, because... 
when when Jess goes to move Catherine, this rock tower built up around mm-hmm. them to conceal their movements as they move. And if I saw a girl <laughs> get picked up by a guy and then a rock castle overcame them, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> uh, call the police. You know? <laughs> Kidnapping. But basically, like, you, it's just this power that Jess has as a rook. Yeah. Castle. Yeah. It's a castle. Move in a straight line. <laughs> Where he, he's able to to um, transport Kath to this place. Where it's kind of like time kind of doesn't exist. And there's like, it's like there's there's lush plants and everything. And there's there's this well. And, you know, throughout the story, you kind of hear like the rumors of this fecal well, you know, that can heal any, any injury, anything. But it's more like, it's said more like a myth. Yeah. Than, it's kind of made fun of. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's real. Yeah. It's real. And she's there. And, you know, just kind of like deals with like the, the, the sisters in the well. Like he gives her treacle, mm-hmm. which I is it is it like syrup? I thought it, yeah, I did think treacle was like syrup or some kind of molasses. Mm. Now a few things with this scene for me. Yes, one when the sisters because the sisters ask for payment, mm-hmm. and one of the sisters is like, "A kiss that will never be fulfilled." I was like, "Man, why you gotta do <laughs> that? What the freak?" <laughs> no, that was. I read that, like, I think it was, like, the second or third time we read the book, and I was like, no, you did not just do that. <laughs> You're mean. Y'all are kind of mean, but I kind of get it. I, I am. It makes sense. <laughs> um, and then the second thing, I get that Catherine's in a lot of pain. Broken ankle. I do wish her injuries were a little bit more life-threatening to warrant a trip to the treacle well. I do get that, yeah. Because the treacle well has been, obviously, like you said, made to be this huge myth. People think it's a lie. I mean, it can heal any injury. I just feel like a broken ankle isn't dire enough to warrant literally going to this mythical well. And doing, like, the whole payment thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, this, would, this is going to sound bad, but I'd want her more bleeding out, last yeah. breaths. Like, this is it. Final final countdown. It's a final <laughs> countdown. countdown. Um. And then that way it's a little bit more of a sacrifice that just has to make to save her. And it's a little bit more important for him to make that sacrifice. Yeah. It also wouldn't make more sense just because, like, he doesn't want to lose her. And then, like, the romantic things happen, right? Yeah. But before that, like, just kind of, like, comes clean to Kath about, like, the whole thing. He's like, yeah, this is actually the entrance to chess where I'm actually from. I'm on a mission here from the queen from the white queen to take the heart of another queen. Yes. Because the white queen is cowardly. She doesn't know what to do. They're constantly at war and she needs a courageous and brave heart. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like comes clean about that. He's like, well, we came over here thinking we were going to take the heart of a queen, except you guys don't have a queen yet. Like so, time was trying to trick us. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really cool. I did not. That was, yeah, yeah. I liked that. I yeah, was like, I did too. That was so Time? Cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's ultimately like, I'm oh. here to steal oh. your heart. Yeah, it's you. Like, you're going to be the queen of hearts. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to steal your heart. Yeah. She's kind of like, well, you kind of already did. Yeah. She's like, look, 
obviously this revelation is kind of a huge betrayal to me because now I have to second guess everything that you've done. But if you wanted my heart, if you want my heart still, it's already yours. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cute. And then just, cause just, he's just like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. But it changed because I met you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was really cute. And then they kiss. And then they kiss. Okay. I needed the kissing to be way longer. It's more implied of what happened than what is actually said. Um, did they do it? No. Oh, okay. I was I I couldn't no. tell. I they seemed really happy afterwards. <laughs> so I was like, uh did something happen? I didn't need the kissing to be longer though. I'm, it is assumed that they made out for quite a while. I mean, I just would have liked to maybe have seen some of that. Just like like a little bit more. Yeah. Like it's their first it's, kiss. It was their first kiss. Like they kissed, they technically kissed twice, but it was more like, it wasn't like a kiss kiss. Yeah. Um, and so like I was still happy with that, but yeah. like again, like just just a little bit more. I mean, I've been waiting this whole time, and and I know it's gonna be sad in the ending. Even the first time I read, I knew that sadness was coming, but I still wanted more of a kiss. <laughs> well, on honest, would it have made it sadder? No. It just would have made it better. Well, because it, at least it would have given us a little bit more of, you know, the goodness before all the goodness is taken away. Yeah. Because after this, it all goes downhill. Yeah, because he has to take her back. Yes. You know, but they're like, they're all happy because they kind of like pledged to each other. Yeah. They kind of like promised each other, you know, just as like, I'm not going to take your heart. And Kath is like, I'm not going to marry the king. It's kind of like saying I love you without saying I love you. Mm-hmm. And so they come back and they're all happy and everything. Except when they get back, you know, cast parents and Marianne and everyone like come in. They're like, arrest the court jester. And Cass is like, wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Everyone chill. <laughs> like, we just made out. <laughs> like, I just confirmed this. <laughs> what is happening? And so they're like, well, we saw this man kidnap you. Like, we all went to the beach hoping to see you and you were injured and everything. And we couldn't find you. You know, since it's high society, it's, like, very improper for her to be alone with this man. Especially with the king who's courting her. And it's his jester. It's, and it's his Such jester. Such a lowly position. So it's, it's just very, very scandalous. Like, this should not have happened. Her parents are furious. And then what does Jess do? He takes the fall. He takes the fall for her. And I was like, no! I know! <laughs> actually when i first read it <laughs> i didn't i didn't realize he was lying at first and i thought it was an actual confession and i was like wait this has been a spell this whole time <laughs> this has been a trick but then i realized no it's actually real that he was taking the fall for her he was taking the fall he was just like yeah no i've i've been tricking her the whole time i've been seducing her Aww. and it's like no she hasn't and kath in her head she's like no you're not yeah stop taking the fall yeah but the thing is that he made the perfect lie because he said, basically, I bewitched her. I spelled her mm-hmm. in some way. And so anything Kath says to deny it just makes the spell slash trick seem even more realistic. Because mm-hmm. he's trying to save her reputation. Yeah. Because she still has to marry the king even though she... Well, no. Because she promised not to. Yes. But he still wants to save her reputation. Yes. But then he, like, they, they try to arrest him. But what does Jess do? Peace. He escapes, which is hot. It's just hot. It's hot. Like, of course they can't catch him. No, he's a rook. He's a rook. He's a jester. You can't just 
capture a jester rook on a secret mission from the kingdom of chess? No. Of course not. He's playing 5D chess. That hurts my brain. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, he turned into a bird. Oh, yeah. He turned into a bird and, like, flies away. Oh, I thought he did his... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No. He turned into a bird and flies away. He's like, peace, mother. And then, like, her parents are, you know, furious. They're like, what? Are, like, you are so lucky that the king still wants you. All these things. And I'm like, but, like, at this point, like, Kath just, like, has stopped caring. Yeah. Like, she's she's upset with Jess, but she, like, she still wants to be with him. She doesn't want, she doesn't want to marry the king even more now. Like, she has even more motivation. It's a whole thing. She's just, like, super upset at just life. Yeah. I mean, because it's all coming to a head. She's mad at her parents. Like, every issue she's had, she has to deal with it now. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, her parents start saying things to her. Like, this is the second time you've run away with this man. And, like, Kath thinks about it. She's like, wait, second time? How would they know about the first? Yes. And then she realizes that Marianne, her best friend, had told her parents everything. Yes. Everything about Jess. Everything about, like, everything. And Kath is, like, betrayed. She's <laughs> like, how could you have told that to my parents? And, you know, Marianne's like, well, I, I thought you were kidnapped. I thought you were in danger. What else was I supposed to do? Like, I don't know this man. And, you know, what? I see Marianne's point. I do. But also, like, snitches get stitches. <laughs> I was going to say, earlier you mentioned that you didn't think Marianne was a good friend. Was this the scene that cemented that? Or Like, I feel like she could have done it in a way to, like, still kind of protect Kath and her secret. Hmm. While also trying to be like, hey, like, maybe she's in danger. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she didn't have to mention that they'd already seen each other once true because what would even saying that do yeah i mean marianne was there when kath was taken so she could have been like oh i saw this man take her and i haven't seen her in a while like we need to find her yeah like that would have been reason enough maybe she's in danger yeah yeah so she didn't have to betray her secrets and so is that what kind of took her down as a friend yes she didn't have to she didn't have to but she did she made that decision. She did make that decision. I mean, I I do get her motivations. I think that's one. I think that's something Marissa Meyer does very well is that she allows you to understand character motivations. Mm-hmm. So you get why Marianne did such a thing, but it's still angering. You feel Catherine's frustration. You you understand Marianne, but you also understand Kath. Yeah, I'm more so Kath, probably because she's a protagonist. I see through her eyes. <laughs> But yeah, I was a little bit like, Marianne, what what up? Uh, loyalty, question mark? Like, I would be, honestly, if it was me, I would be upset. Yeah. I would be so upset. And, and Kath basically kind of breaks their friendship. A little bit, yeah. I'm, I think she says, we're not doing the bakery. You're not my friend anymore. I don't really ever want to see you again. I want to be left alone right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty harsh. It, yeah. Warranted high emotions right now. A mm-hmm. um, lot of things going on. Her lover was just taken away. Well, he flew into a bird. He became yeah. a bird, flew away. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think also. Sorry. Just going back to it. Just with Marianne, I think she also should have trusted Kath a little bit more. Yeah, I I agree with that. Because like, 
even if Kath was making these decisions with this man, like maybe trust her enough to know like what's good for her. Yeah. I mean, to a certain point, obviously, but like nothing had happened since then. Nothing like terrible had happened. And sure, like he had taken her away, but like how many hours had passed before then, you know, before like they had come back? Yeah. That's my question. Like the time period also is important. Because if Jess and Kath were gone for a half hour, then no, it's not warranted to maybe immediately raise alarm. Because there's a lot of things that could have happened. Mm Mm-hmm. But if they were gone, you know, for four hours, let's say, then I would understand a little bit more of the... A little bit more, yeah. ...endangerment. I'm still upset. (laughs) I'm still upset for Catherine. Yeah. And I'm pretty... Doesn't she kind of go into a breakdown, Catherine? Yeah. Yeah. She goes into a breakdown. I mean, kind of the lowest of the lows. But then she has a plan. She has... Does she? I thought she did, because I thought she was like, I need to... Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, yes, yes. You know, her parents are kind of, like, making her go to the masquerade ball. She doesn't want to. And she's, like, at this point, she, like, kind of doesn't care about her parents or what they think. Mm -hmm. But she's, like, well, Jess is still out there, and I have to help him. So, you know, she gets ready for the masquerade ball, and she goes. Is her thinking that the only way she can help Jess, Jess, sorry, is from a position of power? No, she wants to become a queen so she can give him his heart. So she can give him her heart. To give to Chess so he can complete his mission? Mm-hmm. Okay. But why? She loves him. She loves him, but she can't be with him anymore. Because now they think that he bewitched her. Oh, true. Oh, okay. Okay. And Pieces have linked. And you know, like, the king is now aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the king is not going to be with the courtship. And obviously, she wasn't going to marry him, but now that, like, they know of it, like, they're not going to be welcomed in hearts. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. You have opened my eyes. <laughs> and so she goes to the ball. You know, she's dressed all, all fancy and everything. She looks, like, very queenly. She made herself look like a queen. Um, One part <laughs> of this little scene is when she's talking to Margaret. Kath is very, she's kind of mean. Oh, yeah. Like, she is so done right now. Mm-hmm. There's no filter. Whatever politeness she used to mask her insults before is non-existent now no she just goes for it honestly i'm kind of here for it (laughs) like she is a little bit mean-spirited and she is a little bit impolite and everything but at this point like no one's on her side yeah she's backed up into a corner she's backed up into the corner margaret has never really been a friend she kind of like is like i'm kind of better than you or like i want to be better than you Mm -hmm. and so she's just kind of like lays it out and margaret's like hmm and I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> you. Exactly. <laughs> was it was it a little bit validating? Yes. Was she still a little bit too mean? Yes. She was pretty cruel. She was pretty cruel. Yeah. But it's, I think this is also an important scene because you see that Kath does have a temper. I mean, you see it kind of throughout the story because um, she's just like, she gets angry at things, right? Yeah. But this is like the point where you kind of see a little bit more malice in her temper. Yes. And I think that's really important for her development at the end of the story. To show that it wasn't just a complete 180. Mm-hmm. She has had these little slices of mm-hmm. heartlessness. Well, cruelty. Yes. Like you said, malice was the perfect word. To kind of introduce her to her new role 
at the end of the book. Yes. And I love, I love, Marissa Meyer is really good at doing those things, like kind of like building the things up. And I love it. Well, I, I, I think it's so great because they're not so on your face where you're like, oh, this is obviously a build up to something. Like it feels predictable. Mm-hmm. It's just the right amount of details, excuse me, and the, and the right timing to make you anticipative of seeing that moment come together with all these little pieces. Good. <laughs> but then you know Kath is like dancing with people because she kind of has to because it's a ball it's a masquerade ball. social requirement social requirement but then she sees jest he, he kind of like makes an appearance mm-hmm. and it's kind of like ballsy of him to do so <laughs> i mean he's attending the court of the king who wants to imprison him i aspire to <laughs> To be that bold. Yeah. And the fact that, like, no one recognized him, because he's not wearing his usual court attire. You know, he's in this, like, very nice black suit, which, in my head, he looks real attractive in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and he kind of, like, takes Kath, and she's like, what are you doing here? Like, you're wanted. <laughs> you're a criminal. <laughs> he's like, well, no one's noticed yet. True. <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But then kind of like it kind of takes like a sad a sad point because Kath tells him that she's going to break her promise to him. Yes. She's like, um, I'm going to marry the king. I'm going to say yes. He's going to propose to me and I'm going to say yes. He's like, but you promised me you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, that was me before all of this happened. And I was like, no. I, I know. I was like, he came to the ball to see you. He came to the ball to see and you think that he's coming here to, like, do something. Yeah. Which he is. Oh, yeah. Trick up his sleeve. A little trick up his sleeve. Uh-huh. Well, he does. He, like, he, he tells her a plan of, like, hey, like, I want to make you a queen in chess. Or does Which he? would fulfill his mission. Which is fulfill his mission. Well, I think she, like, afterwards. Because I think what happens is, you know, they dance together, and then the king's like, I have an announcement to make. And she kind of goes up to him, to the king. Kath goes up to the king, and he's going to propose to her. But then Jess is kind of like, wait. Yeah. I have a plan that can fix everything. I need you to trust me. Are you going to come with me? Yeah. And I'm like, if you don't say yes, Catherine, I swear we are over. (laughs) We are done. (laughs) This is not happening. But then, you know, she she doesn't want to marry the king. Even if she wants, like, but, like, Jess tells her, like, I know a way to fix everything. Just, like, come with me. She does, like, the girl does not hesitate. Uh, would you? Uh, no. (laughs) I would not either. She literally just, like, runs. Like, the king is, like, I feel like, in my head, he's already on his knee. I don't know if that actually (laughs) happened, but in my head, he's already, like, on his knee, like, about to propose. Yeah. And I'm pretty, no, actually, he did propose. She said yes. Oh. She said yes. And then Jess is, like, wait. And then she runs to him. <laughs> Why does the king get so rejected? He gets rejected so many times, and yet he keeps trying. I do. I give props to that. I don't I like don't, the I guy. Don't know. I, I don't, don't know. like the guy. No. no, but then like that. That's when Jess tells her his plan. He's like, "If I can make you, there's there's this thing called queening in my in my country. Yes, where if you make it to the border, you'll become a queen, and therefore you'll be a queen, and you'll still have your heart." Yeah, and then and then we can live in chess together. And you'll be a queen. We'll fulfill the heart debt. 
But we won't need two queens. The white queen can just become the queen. So then we can live happily ever after together. Yes. But he's like, we have to get to chess first. Yes. So they go to Hatta because he's kind of like, he kind of like has the know-how. Because he's been outrunning time. He's been outrunning time and like kind of going back and forth through the looking glass between the kingdom of hearts and chess. Except Hatta's kind of like not here for it. (laughs) (laughs) He is so not supportive of this relationship. He just, I think he just has the inkling that it's going to end badly. He does. Which, was he wrong? He was not wrong. Do I hate that he wasn't wrong? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like, they're in love. I know. They're in love. They go to the shop, and they're like, we need your help. Like, you need to outrun outrun time. Like, we need to get out of here. Two birds, one stone. I'm not just saying two birds, because there's two ravens. Justin. (laughs) Raven himself. (laughs) But then, you know, they eventually convince him because, you know, Haddon and Jess are great friends. The bros. The bros. The bromance is so strong. Stronger than you think. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to the treacle well with, you know, the rook power again. So, it's so convenient. Oh, I would love the rook power. I just so castle nice. up and down everywhere. All the time. Need to grab some groceries? <laughs> Hopefully I wouldn't destroy property. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but they go to the sisters and they ask her ask them to open the maze. Except it's not quite what you'd expect it to be. The or, maze or the sisters? Well, the sisters are creepy. Like, we, 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 we know that. Yeah. They're, they're sketch. They're sketch. They have weird prices. This time they ask for a feather. From Raven, a bell from, from Jess, Jess. Yeah. Um, time from Hatta. Ooh. And from Kath. So the sisters do not yet make a request from Kath. Not yet. Yes. They're like, we want something from you that you don't have as of now. <laughs> well, which, is very, which is very ominous. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. If I heard that, I'd be like, you know what? Uh, no, thank no. you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, this is the thing with prophecies, though. Mm-hmm. This happens very often in movies, right? Mm-hmm. You either, like, whenever you try to resist a prophecy, you therefore make the prophecy happen. The thing is, though, is that with prophecies, I just feel like there's a way to beat them. Is there? I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, because the, the sisters, before they let them through, they show them all these pictures, right? Yes. And they see, well, the first thing that Kath sees is this kind of gory image of a body and a head. Yes. With a jester's hat. Yeah. With an axe. Mm-hmm. And what looks like in, like, in, what looks like Raven, what she's seen, like, Raven look like. Yeah. And she's like, what is that? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Well, the thing that Jess sees is Kath, like, on a throne with a crown and her just looking cold and just merciless. Yeah. And he's like, what? No. Like, what's happening? And, like, Hatta sees himself. Going mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you see all these things happen. And so it's just kind of, like, very direct foreshadowing. <laughs> yes. And so you see all these things happen. And so the, the sisters tell them, like, if you don't want these things to happen, you don't go through a door. 
which don't go through a door. <laughs> look, look, that's that's the thing I'm saying with prophecies, especially when you get a warning. Mm-hmm. Jest is a rook. If I looked through a door and I saw Marianne in danger, I'd shut the door nice and neatly, lock it, grab Jess and say, hey, you're a rook. Let's blast out of here and let's go to Peter Peter. But then you'd have to go through, wouldn't you have to go through a door through the castle? The castle? The rock Oh, no, I guess he could just make you go back. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Crisis avoided. You know what? There was a way. There was a way to avoid it. If someone gave me a specific warning about the future and said, hey, don't open the door. Don't open a door. I would avoid doors for the rest of my (laughs) life, especially doors that gave insight into the future. I'd never open a door. But that'd be kind of hard. Like, you'd never be able to go through a door ever again. Like, you wouldn't be able to go into a home. You wouldn't be able to go to a store. You wouldn't be able to go anywhere. You can make a door, though. You just drive your car through the side of something. Well, then that's still a door because you're making a door. But it's a hole. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like you can avoid it, right? I wish that there was a little bit more of You can't avoid it? Yeah. Because don't open a door. I just feel like that's pretty easy to avoid. Now, maybe if they didn't know not to avoid a door, I think that'd even change things a little bit because Mm -hmm. it'd feel a little bit more unavoidable. See, I feel like for me, like, I was like, well, how are you not going to go through a door? Like, that's going (laughs) to happen. There's doors everywhere. (laughs) That's literally how you get into things. (laughs) Like, even just, like, think about, like, carriages or, like. Does it mean any door, though? Or does it just mean the doors in the maze? No, it means any door. Like, they can't go through a door. I could still do it. Window. <laughs> Wind. Basement. <laughs> but then, you know, afterwards, they're, you know, the, the the mood has been tarnished a little bit. Well, I mean, <laughs> everyone sees themselves dead, heartless, crazy. <laughs> I mean, they even have, like, a little, like, chant, like, martyred, murderer. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. Monarch. M's. Alliteration. <laughs> Alliteration. But eventually, you know, they do end up, they enter the maze where they're all like walking. They walk for like a really long time. Jess is being adorable yeah. with Kath. You know, he's like keeping her. He's like, I can carry you until you get tired. And I'm like, <laughs> I would, okay, I wish people took up that offer more. <laughs> I feel like nowadays it's a trend that when someone offers to hold you or carry you, people can't take it because they have to be independent. If someone offered to carry me, I'm taking that. As, I, I I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna say no. You know, why is this a trend? I can be a strong, independent woman, but still be carried every once in a while. You know what? Yeah. 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 But I also think it's cute because like they were being all like coupley and both Hada and Raven were like, I hate you. <laughs> I'm third wheeling here. Stop it. Guys, I feel Hada and Raven. I have been a thirteenth wheel. Ew. Ew. The wheels on the bus go round and round. Oh, gosh. I forgot. To, I'll tell you this later. Anyway. But 13, like, that was double digit. Yeah. It, it was hard. It was it, it was painful. Ugh, you feel no. really alone with 12 couples. 13 couples. 12, 12 couples. couples. <laughs> Six couples. Oh, wait. Six couples. Me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that feels right. It feels yeah, lonely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, at the end of the maze, they just kind of end up at the crossroads, which is full of doors. <laughs> like, I'd be like, guys, let's turn around. Not the place to go. But it's like, Kath is like, are you freaking kidding me? We went through that maze just to come back here. We couldn't just walk here. I feel that. I was like, you know what, Kath? I get it. I get it. I get why you're complaining. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'd be frustrated. I'd just be like, wait, I, my feet hurt. I am not wearing the proper equipment. And I ran I away. had to refuse to be carried because that's just what I have to do now. Yeah. It's just terrible. But it's also just like, it, like throughout the, like, the whole thing where, like, where they're walking, you still, you, there's just this ominous air. Like, something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, no. Oh, well, no. And then you can kind of feel that it's going to happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. At any second, there could just be that boom, conflict, the climax of the story where all the M's are fulfilled. It's just how and when. But, I mean, before the, at the crossroads, when they get to the crossroads, they're like, well, where's the looking glass? Like, where like where, where do we look? <laughs> yeah. And so they kind of have to figure out the riddle for themselves. And they see the a little hand mirror on the table with, like, a little pastry that says, eat me. Which is, you know, a callback to... Well, 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 Alice. Well, well, Alice. I was like, I liked it. I liked it. I liked the callback. <laughs> you know, like, they, they figure it out. They're like, oh, this, like... What's what's interesting to me is that Kath smells the pastry. She's like, "This smells like a like a shrinking pastry." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "You know that?" Well, because at the, that? the beginning of the story, she she mentioned that she had accidentally eaten a shrinking pastry once. Oh. Yeah, and so there was something like testers now at the household or something like you need to be careful what cakes you eat. Mm. Yeah, so a little little foreshadow there, and she's a what baker? <laughs> <laughs> and so they they figure this out, but then like through like Kath wants to see through the doors because she's curious. Don't be curious. No. And had to like trying to stop her, yeah, from looking through. He was like, no, that's not going to be good. But the thing about Kath is that if you tell her not to do something, she's going to want to do it. Like that's that's been a whole thing, especially from Hada, especially from because she's just like, why do you hate me? I'm going to hate you even more. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that you hate me so much. Yeah. And so one of the doors sh- shows a pumpkin patch, right? And Haddock is just like, he's trying his hardest to like to make her like not see. But then she, she, she looks through the door and she sees Marianne trapped. Yep. And Peter Peter's pumpkin patch. And then she remembers, you know, what Cheshire told her. And she's like, I have to go save her. But the thing with the thing with the prophecy is that it would only come true if all of them went through a door, right? Mm-hmm. So Kath is like, if I just go through the door, we should be fine. There's so many loopholes. <laughs> they even think of the loopholes. Just do the loophole, man. Honestly, she could have just asked Jess to to rock away. That that could have been a thing, and then no one had to die. Except I kind of get why they had to die because I mean the, this whole story is like how the Queen of Hearts came to be. No, I get, I get, I get why. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I do. It's just like, there were all these things to avoid. You could even leave Raven behind. Take everyone else but Raven. He's a bird. Leave yeah. Raven behind and have everyone else go through. Yeah, that would work. That would work. But you know things happened. You know she goes there. Peter, Peter's like. No, 
don't be here. <laughs> get away. Like, get away. She's like, I just want Marianne and everything. He's like, this is all your fault. And like, you discover that, um, because of the pumpkins that Lady Peter had eaten, she had turned into the Jabberwock. Like, she is the Jabberwock. Yes. And Peter Peter has been trying to save his wife. Like, yes. he doesn't want her to die. Like, he's still, like, you kind of realize he cares for her. I mean, okay, in truth, at this point, stopped reading. <laughs> you did. I will explain. I will explain what happens. I will explain what happens. Because you, you read the summary <laughs> of what happened. But basically, he's just like, yeah, the Jabberwock is my wife. Like, I'm, I want to protect her. Like, and then this is all your fault because of your pumpkin. Like, she was getting better. Like, she'd eaten all this pumpkin. She'd turned into it, but she hadn't turned to the monster in a long time. But because of you and you stole that pumpkin from my patch, this this is all your fault. And he gets really, really angry. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, he, like, he tries to hurt her. Yes. And Jess comes in because he can't <laughs> help it. He can't help it. He comes in and everything and is trying to distract Peter Peter and the Jabberwock. And then Hatta comes in because Jess is like fighting by himself. And the bromance. And the bromance. But then, you know, the Jabberwock is still like a threat. And so Raven has to come in. <laughs> it, it reminds me of everybody. Sorry, continue. But also like Peter Peter is like also like a threat. So like, you know, Raven's like trying to be intimidating and everything. And, you know, like, she, but again, like, um, Kath, like, pulls a Vorpal sword. She says, she has a sword. And they're like, Peter's like, do not, don't do anything. But then it's the Jabberwock, you know, it's there. Yeah. And it's killed, like, four people. Yeah. And it's coming after Kath because it blames Kath for, like, what happened to it. And, like, you kind of, you realize that, like, Lady Peter was, like, kind of still in there. That there's some form of consciousness. And that's why Peter Peter wants to protect her. Mm. Right? But then you also kind of realize that the the whole thing is, you could, you can kind of, like, blame two people for the whole, this whole thing happening. You can blame one, Hatta, because, you know, he brought a bunch of things back from chess with him to, like, make his magical hats, but he also bought pumpkin seeds. Which he had tried to give to Peter Peter, which he refused, but had to throw him on his pumpkin patch anyway. Yeah. And because of that, like, the, all those pumpkins grew and his wife, wife. had eaten all of them, all of those things. So, like, At that lot- contest, that got them knighthood. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of things can be traced back to Hatta, but you can also, like, trace it back to Kath and all these things. All these things are, like, put into play. Let's just say it's a lot of people's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, you know, Kath is forced to cut off the Jabberwock's head. That enrages Peter Peter. He grabs his axe, you know, and he's about to to get Kath. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of, like, see the hesitation in him. But then, like, he, he looks back at his wife and, like, he, he's enraged again. And he just, like, he swings. Mm-hmm. Except nothing happens to Kath. Hello? Because Jess got in the way. Oh my gosh, I hate that. And it was terrible because he's literally, like, the way it's described is that it was a clean cut. Like, he was beheaded. Yeah. And then Kath is just kind of like, what is happening? Like, what is happening? This isn't happening. Yeah. And, like, everyone's just kind of like, no. Like, even you as a reader, you're like, what just happened? When I first read the book, I did not know he died. 
So it was a real surprise to me <laughs> when in the next chapter, everyone's mourning chest. I was like, wait, he died. We went to this. I had to reread it. Yeah. And I was like, is Ted got? It's literally got? like the shortest little paragraph. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. When his head gets chopped off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, that like Braven, who's the bro. The bro, the bro crow, the bro crow, the bro crow. Like he gets really upset, and then he tries to go after Peter, Peter, because Peter, Peter runs away. Mm-hmm. And you know, like it's just like this thing happened. So Hada is forced to take Kath back, and he's like, "This shouldn't have happened. We shouldn't have gone through the door." Uh, yeah, Hada. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, and all like everything like unfolds, and then it's just Kath, and she's just she's torn apart. She no longer has a reason to do anything. She no longer has her bakery. She no longer has her friend. She no longer has just nothing. She has nothing. Like every single motivation has just been obliterated. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, like she blames Marianne. She's like, if you just hadn't gone there, if you didn't have to be saved, Jess would Ooh. still be alive. Oh. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. Because, I mean, up at that point, like, you know, Kath kind of, like, broke off her friendship with Marianne. Yeah. But, like, in that moment when she saw her in danger, she was like, I have to go save her. Yeah. She still had those emotions. There were still enough remnants of that bond to warrant her going after her. Mm -hmm. But then after Jess died, everything's just broken. She just blames her. Yeah. I mean, is Marianne really at fault? No. No. Kath needs to blame someone. No, actually, Marianne is kind of the one that's not at fault to me. Yeah. Because she didn't know anything. She was innocent, and she was uh, naive to the circumstances. Really, the fault is Hada. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I guess, I think the majority of the fault is Hada's. The majority, yes. But, I mean, if Kath hadn't taken the pumpkin... Oh, then that's true. Lady Peter maybe would have gone better and the Jabberwock would have stopped. But at the same time, if the king had done more to stop the Jabberwock, then we wouldn't have this issue. Then we wouldn't have this issue. But Kath, the only the only reason why Kath stealing the pumpkin, though, is the problem is because of Hada's seeds. Yeah, but if she hadn't taken it, then maybe the Jabberwock wouldn't have been as big an issue and Marianne wouldn't have had to have gone to the pumpkin patch. You know, but at the same time, though, you know, Marianne got her bonnet from Hatta's shop. True. Which made her more whimsical. Yes. Yeah. And because she had it on, she thought, oh, maybe I can save people. Oh. Oh, maybe I can do this, which is the reason why she went to the pumpkin pass. So you think, oh, maybe Hatta's to blame. But, I mean, he he just made the hat. He didn't make the decision. Ooh. That was sexy, Mm -hmm. the way you just said that. Mm Mm-hmm. Gave me chills. See, th- that's what's great about the story because, like, there are a lot of different pieces to it. Yes. And, like, yeah, I mean, you could say that Hada's the one at blame, but, like, there are other factors to it. Like, he's not True. the only person. True. And is I, I like the way it was handled. Yeah, me too. Not that that just died. That was no. unnecessary. Oh, oh, my gosh. No. Well, was it? I get it. Okay, I get it. It's a villain origin story. I know what this is. I still don't appreciate it. <laughs> he just, he deserves so much more. He was so kind and he was charming and he was witty and he loved her and they had hope and and they were going to have a life. They 
we're gonna have a life together. The loophole would have worked if he had made her a queen in chess. It would have worked. It would have worked if he had transported her there yeah. with his rook abilities. If they didn't open the door. They didn't have to open the door. But I mean, afterwards, like Catherine is a mess, like legit, yeah. like a mess. Like she, she's like truly like cruel now. Yeah. Like when with Marianne, she's like, "You're not my friend anymore. We're not friends." And I think the 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 thing is like she, you know, she kind of goes into a breakdown. Her parents are worried about her. Like she's not herself. Like everyone's just like very like tensed up when she's around. Yeah. You know, Marianne comes in. Like she's. You know, Kath is being really cruel. Um, and she's getting ready for the king because Kath has a plan. Yes. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Because the sisters had come to her, the sisters of the Trico Well, and they're like, we will offer you a chance. If you give us your heart, we will give you Peter Peter to exact revenge for what he did to your lover. And she's like, Okay. There's no hesitation. No hesitation. Well, because even though she has her heart, at this point she feels heartless. Mm -hmm. Every love that she had for baking, for Jess, for everything is gone. Is gone. Therefore, what's why not mm -hmm. give her heart away? And so, But she has to become the queen. Yep. So she has to marry the king. So she makes that decision. And while Marianne is helping getting her ready and everything, you know, Marianne asks her, like, you know, Kathy still haven't asked me be a servant for you at the castle and she's like well you're just gonna have to find new employment then aren't you oh my goodness it's so brutal there's she's, so much cruelty she's so cruel but like i get it though i get I, it i get why she's like that i get it yeah and you know like even like the king is afraid of her because when she goes and meets the king um right yeah she goes to meet the king she's wearing all black yeah, mourning. But it's also like it's also the colors that Jess wore. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. She's wearing all black in mourning. I think partly mourning, partly because of that. And you know, the king is like, he's now kind of questioning whether or not he should marry Kath. I mean, she's completely changed. Yeah, she's completely changed. But you know, she kind of like turns on the politeness. You know, she baked him this. Key lime pie, which is supposed to be his favorite. And, you know, she got, she convinces, not necessarily convinces him. She kind of, like, demands him to marry her. I, I, yeah, and he doesn't offer much resistance. No, because as we've seen, like, he's a coward. Yes. He will avoid anything at all costs, and he will not confront anything, and she knows that. Yeah. Really, anything we've seen of the king has just been de development in his weaknesses that Kath will use against him. Mm-hmm. And so, and so they get on the day that she's to be married. You know, she has this great dress on and everything. Her like the servants are helping her, but she's just like not for it. She sees white roses in her room, and she's like, "Get rid of all the white roses! Like I do not want them here." And you know, one of the servants was like, "Oh, but the 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 great white bush rose, the 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 white rose bush. That's it. That's what's called. <laughs> like that's been here since the king's great great grandfather." She's like. I want it out, or else I'm going to strangle you, and then I'm going to go do it myself. <laughs> I mean, and you can just tell she means these threats. She means, she like, she's, like, that's what I love about this, okay? We, we've seen, like, slices of her malice, 
we've never seen it like complete because she always like had some had a reason to not be malicious like to to not fully change but she like she has no reason now and she's just she's not holding back and eventually you know the servants tell her hey your parents want to see you before the ceremony yeah so she goes and sees her parents and her parents like worried about like are you okay are you sure you want to do this like oh now they're asking if she wants to do this oh honestly this part kind of gave me a little bit of like satisfaction because they were like her parents at the end were just like we just want you to be happy and kath turns to them she's like if only you had asked me that beforehand true true and she's just but she's just cold she is cold she is oh i kind of love it though i love like the the character development (laughs) yeah like it's satisfying to see the arc come true Mm -hmm. but obviously would not have wanted jess to die oh no no that was oof oof would i turn into kath yeah oh my goodness with jess yeah 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 even reading the book i'm almost there Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know she goes to the wedding it's a wedding day she turns into a queen and she waits for the sisters to come you know and she's she's getting impatient she's like when are they going to come when am i going to exact my revenge and on the day when you know she's she has her court days right because she's still the queen yeah right at this point yeah um and we see the duke and margaret come up to her and they're like hello the king of queen of hearts like we have come to ask for your blessing for us to marry yes you're like, oh, cute. Like, oh, this is happening. Like, they, they love each other like, now. Yeah, they're... Like, Kathy even says, like, Margaret even might look beautiful. <laughs> and she hates it. Yeah. Because, like, they're in love. Why should they be in love? Yeah. When I can't be. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's... I love this particular scene because you see Kath and, like, her hatred, right? And she's like, why should they be happy? Because the king's like, oh, yes, let's have them married. And then Cass's like, wait, I have something to say. Mm-hmm. She's like, Margaret, you've always hated the Duke. You've always said all of these things about him, and yet you want to marry him? Mm-hmm. And Margaret's like, kind of like comes up with like, but I do love him, all these things. And like, the, you can like sense like the jury and everything, the king, everyone there is just like very tense. Like, what is she going to do? Yeah. Because she's volatile now. Mm-hmm. Unpredictable. Then, she's unpredictable. And so, but then she kind of, like, lets it go. She lets them get, get married. She kind of sits on her throne. Right? Mm-hmm. And I love I love this scene because you think that she's going to say no to them, but she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't. She kind of just, like, lets it go. But then the sisters bring in Peter Peter. Pumpkin eater. And this is the moment Kath has been waiting for. Yeah. I mean, she's literally giving up her heart for this moment. She's giving up her heart for that moment. But then, but they give him a trial. Okay. And they give Peter Peter a trial and you know the king is like, "Okay, well let's hear out. Let's 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 do let's hear what this is about." And like they tell him like, "Yeah, this is the man, this man killed the court jester." Yeah. You know, the court jester who died a hero for yeah. us. You know, like the you know, e- even though he was a wanted man, just died a hero in the eyes of the people. Yeah. And you know, Peter Peter like comes up he's like, "I'm going to say something in my defense." She killed my wife. I did what I did in out of emotional turmoil. Yeah. I know the king, you know, um, the trial goes on and everything. And then eventually the jury is like, he's not guilty. Let him go. Why? Because the people of hearts, they don't like confrontation. They want this to be over because this is dark. This is not happy. Yeah. This isn't their kingdom. 
And Kath is furious. She's like, I was a witness to this. She literally stands up. She's like, I was a witness to this crime and everything. He is not, he, a punishment will be doled out to him. Yeah. Oh, and the scene. I got, <laughs> oh, I just, I honestly do love this scene. Because it's like, this happens, right? Um, oh, sorry. Before he's tried, though, Kath gets her heart taken out from her. Mm. Right? And so you kind of find it weird that the, the, the trial happens after she gets her heart taken out, which yeah. is, in my head, it happens afterwards, even though it happens before. Yeah, it, it, same with mine. But the sisters literally, like, take a knife and, like, stab her and, like, take out her beating heart. Everyone's just watching. <laughs> and everyone's just watching. And, like, the king's kind of, like, scared to ask what happened. Yeah. But, they, like, they still, like, go on with the trial. And Kath, without her heart, has no mercy. She has no mercy. Like, because before then, you see her with the Duke and Merle and how she had a little bit of mercy. Like, she's like, well, then let them go. Yes. But now she doesn't have a heart. And so with Peter Peter, she's like, no, a punishment will be doled out. And in my head, this is how this worked. You know, she her heart is taken out. She's like, this is not happening. She goes and sits back on her throne. She talks to Raven. She's like, he was just was your friend, too. Like, if if you help me with this revenge and serve me. Like, you'll you'll be able to avenge your friend. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. And he's like, OK, because he was the executioner for the White Queen. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happens? Kath, is, she goes, sits back on her throne, and she's like, off with his head. Oh, it, I, that line is so satisfying. Oh, so satisfying. Look, the villain arc, amazing. Mm -hmm. Beautifully done. Love how we see this happy, cheery person at the beginning of the book, off with the head at the end. Do not appreciate, however, the death of Jest. <laughs> <laughs> Still, though, I think that this origin story really is such a good one and i think it utilizes so much of the alice in wonderland world and really takes it to another point and stage where we can get the other side of the queen of hearts but it's also a story that has so much heart ironically mm -hmm. so much heart and so much whimsy and so to see the evolution of this girl boom love it yeah it was a really good story yeah honestly it's a very good standalone yeah very good standalone and, like, you just, you look at the Queen of Hearts just differently. Yeah. I, I could never see her the same. No. Because, like, you see her in, like, the, the Disney one, the, the animated. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland. And, you know, she's just very, like, she's, she's a villain, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't like her. <laughs> yeah. She's very, like, hoity-toity, mm -hmm. but, like, gross. Yeah. <laughs> And then you, and then there's the Tim Burton version where it's Helen Bonham Carter. Yeah. You know, very like weird headed, small, very annoying, whiny, annoying. Yeah. And so then you read Kathy and you're like, oh. And you can kind of see where certain traits were plucked. Mm -hmm. You can see where certain traits were plucked. You can see like how she ended up like that or like, because in this story, she's like, in this story, Kath is, is known as being beautiful. Yes. But without her heart, she turned ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, just like the irony. Just like that she's the queen of hearts, but she's without a heart. Yeah. 
Like, all that come together, like, oh, it's well, good. Well, even just the book name, Heartless, oh. is so good. I Whoever just, came up with that, I don't know who. So good. Like, it's just, it's satisfying. It it's is so satisfying. So satisfying. And, I mean, because I, I feel like even though, it, even though it's a little bit, like, a spoiler, because mm-hmm. obviously, like, Heartless, Greedy Still so good. I mean, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but it's like it's a word that you use for like cruel. Yes, which is what you think the you think of the Queen of Hearts. So you're not expecting her to literally be heartless. Yeah, literally. And so it's just it's the play on words because it oh oh I because <laughs> Alice in Wonderland is known for play on words because um Lewis Carroll the the author of Alice in Wonderland Alice yeah. through the Looking Glass he was really big on play on words mm-hmm. like he really loved that. And so the fact that the, the title of this is a play on words, yeah. like it's literally everything connects. Yeah, it's just oh, <laughs> Marissa Meyer, well done, <laughs> beautifully done, beautifully done. So online on Instagram, we asked you guys for your thoughts and opinions on Heartless, and we're going to read a few of your fabulous comments now and react to them because that's what we love to do. I just like opinion. I just like giving my opinion. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> At underscore Camille B said, best book ever. The writing, the magic, the plot, the characters, everything. Girl, same. Yeah. I honestly, it just, yes. It's just everything connected. The plot, the char- like the characters had motivations. Yep. Like there was ambition. There was difference. Like Marissa Meyer, it's so good with her protagonist because they're all different. And Kath is a little bit mean. <laughs> I, I love can't. that um, the word magic was included, too, because I felt like there was so much magic in the story. You know, so much enchantment from just the world and then to the romance. Like, the romance had so much magic and so much hope and so much beauty in it. Oh. And I, I'm i going to be sad about the romance for the next few weeks. Same. Um, Caitlin said, it's so good, but makes me want to cry. The love that could never be. Oh, my gosh. That last line. The love that could never be. The last line hurts. It's it's like a little, you know, when you have like a little piece of glass or like a splinter in your finger. Yeah. And it kind of hurts a lot, but like yeah. not enough for you like to do something about it immediately. Yeah. That's kind of like the pain of the story. Yes. Where it's kind of, it's like, it's little and in my heart. But like, I don't want to do anything about it because I'm like, it's just a fictional story, but it hurts. And so the longer it's, I leave it in there, the longer it hurts. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. You just saying that just made my heart hurt. <laughs> and now my heart has a splinter. <laughs> but how do you get a splinter out of your heart? You can't. It's wedged in there forever. At MS Booth 2023 said, it's the best book I've ever read. My whole room is Wonderland themed now. Dang. That's an awesome room. That's dedication. That's dedicated. Also, I okay. You gotta have the best room ever because the Wonderland aesthetic is so powerful. There is a theme park that's Alice in Wonderland themed. What? And it low key, not any, no, it high key looks really fun. <laughs> and so, if your room looks anything like the Alice in Wonderland theme park, then it is the most awesome room ever. Yeah, it's confirmed. It's confirmed. Also, this is a really good book. I agree. Yeah, it makes me cry and happy and sad and laugh. And sad. And and sad. <laughs> and sad. <laughs> At India.303 said, I loved it, honestly. 
I fell in love with all the characters and the way the story went. Wish I could say more. Oh, yeah, me too. Honestly. I said a lot, though. <laughs> we, we just talked for about four hours. <laughs> about. It's just because I honestly went into a lot of descriptions. We also just laughed a lot. <laughs> we went on a lot of side tangents, though, too. We did go on side <laughs> tangents, but let me tell you, we connected the dots in a way that was very pleasing. At Caitlin underscore Foster underscore zero seven said, I absolutely love this book. Even though we all knew how it would end, it still destroyed me. Yeah, that's true. Because you just know that when it's heartless, that something bad's got to happen. But you still plow forward, hoping that somehow your heart won't get broken. But then at the end, you become heartless because of the loss. You yourself become heartless. You become the book. And the book becomes you. At underscore Hannah dot Chapman underscore said, ruined me. I knew it hurt as it is the pre-Evil Queen story, but loved it and would recommend 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Mood. Yeah. Would totally recommend. But yeah, it does. It does ruin your heart and soul. Like a little piece of your heart gets like broken off and it, it just doesn't get repaired. Yeah. And and nothing can fill the void. I've tried. Chocolate. <laughs> Pumpkin bread. Pumpkin bread. <laughs> Not a bad pumpkin. <laughs> Not a bad. That turns into a monster. <laughs> <laughs> that was the so, least so intimidating monster sound I've ever heard. <laughs> I was going to do it. I was going to go for it. But like the second it came out of my mouth, I was like, no. <laughs> At Crazy World 568 said, being a massive Alice in Wonderland book lover, I've read multiple books that try and take on the Queen's viewpoint. And honestly, Heartless is the only one that did the research. The references made to Lewis Carroll's original story are amazing and made me so happy. Honestly, yeah. She had a lo- Even the callbacks that Marissa Meyer did have, like the ones that were really obvious, I was really happy about. Yeah. Because like, I don't know a whole ton about Alice in Wonderland. Again, haven't really read the book or seen the movies in a while. Yes. But, like, even I was like, oh, hey, this is, like, a thing. Because, like, you know you know about Alice in Wonderland. You're like, hey, that was really clever the way she did this. Yes. And so for someone who, like, really loves Alice in Wonderland and really understands the story, I imagine that, like, you'd really, really like this book. Yeah. I imagine it would be really satisfying to get all the little references that we didn't mm-hmm. that could really deepen the story. Yeah. And I think, though, even though, like you said, like we've said in this episode, even though we don't know much about Alice in Wonderland, you know, in a deep, true sense, I mean, you more so, you know more about Alice in Wonderland than I do. You can still tell through the writing that Marissa Meyer did a lot of research. She really did. Yeah. And that she really took into account what she was referencing. Like, she made her own story while still paying homage to the original. Yes. Which is very important. At Peg Maddie said, This book was such a beautiful exploration of realistic emotion. It was so tragic. I loved it so much. You really do get the full realm of human emotion in this book. You laugh. You cry. You hope. You love. You frustrate. Yep. Yeah, there you really do get to experience a lot with this book. I feel like emotional books are the ones that tend to resonate the most with me mm-hmm. are the ones that are afraid to kind of go into a character's heart. And you really do get to go into Kath's heart before she loses it. And our heart was Jess. I love Jess. I love him. He sounds really high. He does sound <laughs> really high. <laughs> 
Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth discussion about Heartless by Marissa Meyer. We hope that you'll join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh happens. If you made it this far, get ready for some bloopers. Bloop. The king's like, party rock! <laughs> People are dying! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should I get my eyes checked? Probably. Can I read street signs? Only because, like, I know what they are. <laughs> Like if I put you in a in a in a territory you didn't know, would you be able to read the street signs? No. <laughs> Do the pigeon. <laughs> oh, that was like a pigeon that wants to party. <laughs> Wait, what's this? I see you through your window as I'm standing on the tree outside. See, you know how sometimes you think that someone might be a spy just because of how they act? <laughs> <laughs> like, Taylor, I never ever would have thought that you could be a spy. <laughs> you can't keep a secret for the life of you. No flexibility. No arm strength. <laughs> Until I saw you play laser tag. Because <laughs> I was like... She has what it takes. She has what it takes. You had no mercy. You took people out. Like, if you were in a war, you'd be the sniper slash assassin slash information gatherer. I'm really good at, like, breaking my voice. Oh. it's. I feel like I'm kind of like the Hulk. <laughs> Hulk smash! It's like he's always angry, right? Mm. He has that line. Yeah. Like, what if I'm always sad? <laughs> That's just called depression. <laughs> what even is the conventional oven in Wonderland? Oh, and I thought you were gonna just say, "What is a conventional <laughs> oven?" <laughs> what is an oven? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that does sound like a question I would ask. <laughs> I kind of wanted to be like Gordon Ramsay and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> but oh. even to, he's like, oh, sorry, you go. What are you? What are you? Who can do the best Jabberwocky screech, though? <laughs> I'd feel like it'd be like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That had like bird. <laughs> Essence of bird meets blender. I was trying to go for high pitch. I was trying to go. Like, no. 